0: And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts
1: now. All
2: right. Hello, hello. Good morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really.
0: The hair is a little more wackier than usual today. You look cute this morning. Cheerios. Look at that. We're matching in blue. How adorable. You
3: look very cute.
0: Thank you. You look like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good morning. Stop. Oh, stop oh, it. Uh,
2: yeah, anybody that's listening to the spaces, if you can, just uh, tweet it out. Let's get people. I don't know. There's, like, nobody in the space right I now.
0: Know, and people did like it. I mean, like, when I posted it, a lot <laughs> people of people. People do like us. We
2: <laughs> <People> swear, guys. <laughs> For those of you that are currently in the room, <laughs> <Screw
0: you. laughs> I swear, <laughs> like I got a lot of traction when I yeah, posted. I just saw a
2: tweet. I just saw a tweet five seconds ago. Somebody tweeted like, um, is there a Monero community on Twitter? I feel like people just can't even find us. I don't We're know We're here, why. guys. I mean, there's We're so here. much
0: we can do. So I responded with
2: the spaces link. Let's see if uh, they jump in.
4: But yeah, guys, tweet it out.
2: Whatever. Shadow band, I believe out. so seriously. We're shadow band, it's got to be it. it. Can't be that we suck that much. <laughs> I don't think just... so.
0: I don't know what's going on. Like we try so hard. Like I don't know what we're doing wrong.
2: Consistently put the content out. Yeah, there. it's
0: consistent. We post on YouTube, Twitch, um, you know, Odyssey. I mean, we get Reddit, a good crowd, like...
2: but we should. We need. We need more. The okay, word needs we to need... get out beyond the immediate Monero.
0: I agree. I mean we're trying to. It's not like we we only like focus on the Monero community. I mean we have people from all over the the spaces. I know we did. (laughs) We we generally I just just interviewed a BSV guy. That's what I'm saying. And it's like still although that that was an
2: epic failure in the beginning. We had like almost two hundred people that wanted to go to the space that subscribed to it. And then when we went to start the space. Our guest wasn't, a, like, he was confused which link to click, right? You know, I don't understand. And to... that actually was oh, was not his fault. And then yeah. in the space itself, he wasn't able to hear me and I wasn't able yeah, to hear that him. Yeah,
0: that was, well, Twitter is having some issues. Fuck? Twitter was having issues this week. So it's not it's like... like the
2: one time we had a decent, decent crowd. It always
0: happens. I think you should just embrace the fact that we always Mess up, and it's okay, <laughs> and we fix it though. Like he gets so angry, it's like, all right, it stinks that it happens, but because I know it's no frustrating
2: need... for the listener to have. I, to, but like, I mean, they
0: understand, and you know, I'm sure most understand. Sure, there are the trolls out there, but you know, you got to take a deep breath, and sometimes we're gonna fuck up. <laughs> Get over it. It's true. <laughs> it's okay, just in your I head.
2: Sometimes, but it's like literally all. This.
0: I know that's what I'm saying. Embrace, <laughs> it. Embrace <laughs> it. Embrace it, and it's not all the time. Just embrace it. Learn. This is a new year. I'm a perfectionist,
2: like Nana, like Aww. my Nana, who just oh, passed away, my dead grandmother. Dead. she was a perfectionist.
0: Oh well, I oh I, well, I could I can see she where was you good. Got it
2: she was a perfectionist, but she actually executed well. I'm a perfectionist that doesn't execute but well. We so it's do. very frustrating.
0: But we do. It's sometimes we mess up and it's okay. Yeah, we're pretty yeah. good. Are you kidding me? It's the two of us and we have an awesome team too, but yeah. we have a lot going on.
4: Yeah. So oh, more
0: people coming credit. in the
2: room. All right. We're, we're trying to stall a little bit here. <laughs> Guys, get more people in the room. Tweet it out. How about, uh, our StreamYard people. Are there people in there?
0: Yeah. We got a, a, a few bunch.
2: <laughs> awesome.
0: And with that, yeah, so yeah, help spread the word on the show so we can get more viewers. But I think over time, like people are slowly waking up. It's a Saturday morning or evening. Did we spell anarcho loca- correct? I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's spelled.
2: So guys, today's show, uh, we're going to, about- we're going to have Neil who runs our gratuitous coffee. He like literally roasts all the coffee and sends it out. Um, does a bunch of other things for gratuitous. He's gonna be repping us and Monero at Anarchapoco. We arranged to get a have a table over there, so he'll be down there all week. So we're gonna have him on the on the show. He's gonna talk about it. And then we're gonna have uh what's his name? Dan
0: Dan. We just
2: know the Dan. <laughs> no, Dan no, from Anarchapoka. Dan
0: Axton. Dan Axton, Axton
2: who's a super super chill, cool dude. He's been calling in from the beach. I know. Very chill. Uh Hanging out with an uh, orphanage, an orphan- yeah, yeah. orphanage that he, yes, that uh, he does volunteer helps. work. Yeah, he'll, he'll go yeah, into yeah, all that. Volunteer. Super cool dude. He we've been coordinating with him to have this table at arkapoko so he's gonna tell everybody what's going on for the week down there. Um, recommend checking it out. We we were at arkapoko 2019 Two, yeah, right before. 2019. Were we there twice?
0: No, you did a presentation remotely, right? And right, then right. we went. Okay. We we yeah, we went to Mexico City, rented a car and drove down to Narcopoco.
2: And we hung out with Rafael, who's good friends with us, which I guess we could announce that too, right? So we're working on doing what we did last year, which is having um uh Narcopoco or Crypto what do we call vigilante. it? Crypto vigilante, yeah. I'm sorry. Crypto, Crypto vigilante, v- which is virtual conference. involved in an arcoco. They, uh, they're going to be running the virtual conference portion of Monero Topia, just like we did last year. Basically streaming it out live and doing live talks in between uh, speakers. So we're working out the details, but I see no reason why it won't come together. Yeah. Um, We're in the process of, yeah. Yeah. We spoke with them. We had a great call with them last night. They're really excited about it. Some of them are already down in Mexico. They're. Talking about other people we can bring in. We're trying to get Jeff Berwick to be a speaker. He was supposed to talk. He wanted to talk last year at Monerotopia, but it was, we, we weren't like, we had a packed schedule yeah. and then, uh, mm. Rafael was like, Oh, he wants to jump on. And I, I, I felt bad, but I, I had to say no to Jeff Berwick just because I felt like we didn't want to be rude to our other speakers who wanted to, you know, have their time. So, but this year, I think we're going to do it right because. He we lives have more, next, yeah, but also we have or, more. Day. I, don't, I don't want doc, I don't think, like, well, he's right here. He's on the show all the time, right? Talking about how he's in Mexico city or whatever. So I think he's, he's pretty local. So we were talking to Rafael, asked him last night. He said he's, you know, he's going to try to, try to make it. So that'll be cool. He'll be one of the speakers. Uh, and with him, you know, he'll bring, uh, the anarcho-poco vibe and, you know, maybe, maybe some of the, the, the local anarcho community that lives in Mexico will come out. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about all those things with Dan. What else do we want to mention?
0: Um, nothing more than, you know, yeah, buy your, your tickets, tickets. today. Your tickets. <laughs> we're going to be raising the prices. Uh, we, yeah, we have it in, in a second.
4: But we're slowly because we, we don't
2: want to raise the prices. Yeah. Guys. We want to keep it very accessible, but the only reason we're, because we're trying to use like, you know, carrot and stick method just to get people to commit. Because the more people that commit up front, the more we could do with the conference. Uh, if we see there's, you know, 200 people that bought tickets. Confidence to kind of take more risks with the conference. So please get your, your tickets up front. Um, spread the word, tell your friends, have them get tickets. We're trying to get the word out to the Spanish crypto community. Obviously, you know, like people that are into crypto that live in Mexico should know about Monerotopia. So any, Mexico. any ideas or if you're in that network, help us get the word out. You know, with P- South America in general. People in Colombia, in Argentina. Um, we we're talking to Andreas, Paraguay. Paraguay. From Paraguay. Mineroju, he's going to be. Co- well, we're we're actually, I guess, we can't announce that yet either. But we're talking to. We're talking to yeah, a lot of people, people. He's <laughs> most likely going to be participating, represent Mineroju, come give a talk, um, maybe give one in Spanish as well. So he could give like a Monero 101 talk in Spanish. We can- right, we're gonna have. L- we want to get a bunch of locals that are local to Mexico City, not even necessarily crypto people, but like, you know, students from universities, uh, you know, any, anybody that's interested in learning about crypto and, you know, privacy tech. Um, so we're trying to get the word out to the local community. And for those people, uh, you know, basically, we're giving away free tickets. So, like, if you live in Mexico City, you know, we're not obviously, you know, if you're like a Monero person and you're, you know, we ask that you buy a ticket because it helps support the conference. But this is for like people that don't even know about Monero, that don't really know much about crypto. Uh, but we want to offer this to the to the locals. We're asking that, you know, we're going to basically add a free ticket option. So we'd ask that they kind of, like, buy it so they have a little skin in the game. And so maybe we'd ask them a few questions. They don't need to identify themselves, but kind of, like... Get
0: a feel of what they know. Yeah, about. we'll
2: call it, like, a scholarship ticket, right? Because we just don't want any Joe Schmo. Show. Like, we want <laughs> people to have, like, to want to come at the show and interest in learning about crypto. Uh If they, if they have that interest and they're local, we'll give them a free ticket. And they come hang out. Um... They'll be able to participate in the Monero market. We'll onboard them to Monero. So we're going to try to get a sponsor, probably, you know, hopefully Cake, right, we'll sponsor and we'll give away like $5, 10 to, to these locals that come in to check out and learn about Monero. Um, so, yeah, guys, any ideas there, please help us get the word out, reach out, uh, email us at monerotopia at protonmail.com. Um, <laughs> yeah, for, for any, you know, anything, right, whether you want to be a speaker,
0: well, you, you want to help us out? We you need help. us help out. My you got ideas.
2: You Please want to DJ? Reach we reach already out. got a, uh, we're, help. we're talking to Riot as well. He's probably going he we'll to DJ last year. He's going to DJ this year. Uh, any out of the box ideas you have about the conference, you know what we're trying to do. If you want to participate in any way, reach out.
0: Please reach out. We're, we're
2: very <laughs> open minded people. Um, you know, we have other privacy projects that are going to be participating this year. First year we, you know, we tried it out. You know, it's a balance. We don't want to, piss off the the hardcore Monero community, right? With just like allowing shit projects to come present and kind of affinity scan. But at the same time, we wanna we wanna bring all these people that are interested in these projects together. Um so it's a shame if like if you're into quote unquote privacy coins and you're not going to Monero because whatever reason you feel like you're not part of that community, that's just silly. So we're trying to fix that. Bring you know unite all the crypto projects and tech projects that are interested in building true digital cash. And uh, we could all come, talk, exchange ideas, learn from each other, and use our collective energy to help grow the digital cash movement. And, yeah, there's my spiel.
0: Wow. What a short <laughs> spiel. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Let's move it along. Let's move it along. Alrighty. So, yeah, if you haven't gotten your tickets today, please do so now at Monerotopia.com.
2: Oh, I'll put it in the um, the
0: nest over here. <laughs> All right. So, I guess, yeah, let's move on to the, the price report. Let's do that. The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going, Marty? are you guys Boy, Hello what's
3: going doing,
5: up, eh? doing good? Happy Saturday. Slightly hungover? Ah, is,
2: this, is, this, is this because of the rally, the, the crypto rally? Are you partying already, Bob? <laughs>
5: yeah, we're already pre-celebrating over here. <laughs> <laughs> He's
2: already in the bull, full blown bull market.
5: Using using that XMR putting
6: it to good use.
2: Nice. Nice. Did you? Were you able were you able to use it? For your, for your no, I'm accounts? just kidding. I,
5: I, oh. I don't want to sell.
4: <laughs> I might sell
5: some of my yeah. other coins, but I'm going to hodl my XMR for probably a, a very long period of time at this point.
2: Yeah, I don't blame you. But that being said, I do like to use it just because I feel like it You helps know, it grow. Help, it helps it grow. Helps it grow. It's, it's That's true. Yeah.
5: When yeah. I can find products that I can actually buy with XMR, I, I tend mm-hmm. to do that. And that'll get easier as we get out of this bear market, you know. Once price starts going up to like two, three hundred dollars, because down here, like a hundred, hundred fifty, I don't really want to. Even if I could, I don't really want to sell my XMR Um, unless it's just for small stuff.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's painful when I do it, but at the same time, I'm just like, I gotta, sp- I gotta spread it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely. But I mean, you know, we we ha- we have our fiat, you know. Lives as well, so it's not as painful, right? Because I could just, you know, move more fiat into Monero, so it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. If I, if you're all crypto and your whole life is crypto, and like you, you don't have a fiat job, I could see it being even more difficult to bring yourself to, you know, to spend your 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 stored coins, you know.
5: Yes, especially during bear markets. Yep.
2: So what's going on, man? So that, it's a big
5: week. It's actually one reason I moved to Mexico years ago. Is that we were we were in this really you know terrible brutal bear market in 2018, and I was like, man, I don't want to spend my crypto. I'm, I'm starting to run out of fiat. Uh, I'm just gonna to move to Mexico and <laughs> try and save some money.
2: There are, I think that's like a theme, right? A lot of people co- go through that exact same thought process. <laughs> They're like, all right, how do I hold? I don't want to lose any of my crypto. How do I hodl it through the bear market? Just gotta. Reduce other parts of my life. I think that's like, you know, that, that really ties into the crypto culture too, right? Especially in Bitcoin and Monero. It like mm-hmm. creates this type of individual who's like a minimalist. Um, right. They're, they're not looking to just like unnecessarily spend. It's pretty interesting how that all affects the culture of crypto.
5: Well, at the top of the market in 2017, I was like, all right, got a nice apartment, you know, Ambo. <laughs> bought a car. <laughs> and then I was like, "Well, let's, let's go in reverse now. Let's let's, let, let's try and value minimalism and see how that goes." <laughs> exactly. But luckily, Mexico is such a beautiful country; it's such a good place to live that I just decided to stay
2: here. Awesome, man! Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to slowly convince Anita of that. But for us, I mean, it's it's the it's the leaving the family. We just have so much family here, you know. It's hard for us to pick up and leave. That's the hard part. Like,
5: yeah. It's not like it's a quick flight down to Mexico from where you're at. It's probably what
6: like four hour flight. Yeah. Yeah.
5: It's
0: yeah. Five, five. Yeah. Which isn't that
6: yeah. bad. It's not mean, terrible. If you
2: commit but... to being like, all right, I'll come back for every holiday, or like try to motivate the fam to come down, down for certain holidays. I mean, you could theoretically end up seeing your family and friends more than you normally do, anyway, right? Because it's like you <laughs> commit to doing it. Um, it's tough because like. Yeah, we see our family a lot, right? Yeah, I'm very close. Yeah, we're we're, we're like both close to our weekend. family, so
0: it's like a little tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even during the week. <laughs> like I
2: got my daughter. I'd like yeah. I'd have to bring her down like part of the year, and it would yeah,
0: be tough. It's a pickle. Yeah. It's a pickle.
2: <laughs> How about you with fam situation? What, what what was your experience like?
4: Uh, well, my family lives in Texas, so they're actually pretty that's close not by. Bad. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's not, not, not too bad. bad yeah, yeah, totally different. Mm. It's like at, it's at some point here.
5: I would like to buy an airplane and then I can just fly back easily because, you know, <laughs> going across the border and airplanes aren't really, like, they're not that expensive. Um, yeah. So I good. mean, you, you can get a really Cessna. nice one, of course, but yeah, you just get a little Cessna, um, put a you GPS fly? in there. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, at the last Monerotopia I was down there in Florida because I was getting my pilot's license.
0: Oh, oh yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: So so you're, you're, you are you're now a pilot? Indeed. I haven't yeah. flown in about mm, six or seven months, but yeah. Sick man, how That's is pretty it? cool. Is it like? You get, it's, it's really like, fun. You get nervous every time you get in there. Or you're just like, is it like second nature?
5: Mm, at first, you're a little bit nervous, especially on your first solo. Um, but you get used to it. It's you know, it's not a big deal.
4: Dude,
2: can we go on a trip together? That's can pretty we, cool. Uh, like can we something I'll pay. <laughs> okay, you should, you sure. should like like charge people for experiences. <laughs> Come fly the bottom. Uh, that's a uh,
5: that's commercial, commercial flight. I'll have to get my commercial license, which is like a whole other thing.
2: Well, you know, you could have people come in, right? Obviously you could have passengers come in, right?
5: Yeah. 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 I, I can't, I just can't charge for it. That's yeah. all. Well, I mean, unless
2: you're secretly charging
5: Monero. <laughs> we can, we can like split the cost. We can like split the gas. Right. And you got your plane Yes, Yeah.
2: Exactly. Right. Right.
5: I've got to get my currencies again. Uh, the last time I flew was back in, uh, in June this year. So I've got to go, you know, brush up and just having that time.
2: And so do you fly then in Mexico? Do you, is there a place you go where you can like rent and fly?
5: They don't really have aero clubs down here. Um, there, I'm sure there's got to be like some people privately have their own airplane. Um, but I looked around a little bit and there just weren't any aero clubs, uh, in the city I'm in. So maybe in Mexico City, they have some. I I haven't checked on there. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit harder because. I guess if I could find someone that had an airplane that would, you know, rent it out to me. So, uh, I don't know. That's why I said it's, it's just easier to get my own airplane, airplane at this point. If I was in the States, it would be a lot easier. I mean, there's aero clubs everywhere. There's plane rentals in many different places, but it's not really a thing too much here in Mexico. Right.
2: Dude, you just progressively get more and more badass and impressive with the conversation <laughs> we have. You're, like, slowly revealing more. <laughs> Body is an impressive individual.
5: Um, Thanks for that, yeah,
2: man. Take, take, take it away on price.
5: So, uh, I, you know, I really don't have too much for you guys on price today. Um, everything's going up. Everyone's pretty happy. Uh, I was posting yesterday that the vibes feel a lot like the 2015. Uh, actually, that's a different chart. Let me just pull that chart up. Things feel like we're back in 2015. And I actually overlaid. So this blue line right here is the bear market from 2014, 2015. And right around here, everyone is saying, oh, we're going to get a pullback. You know, I'm going I'm to buy once we pull back to the lows. And I kept saying, we're, we're probably not going to pull back to the lows. I, I just don't see it. That trade is too easy, right? It's too easy to see this market and then, and then scoop that up. I said, be prepared because we might actually just keep going up. And we might just not even respect any of these resistances. So the other thing that's happening right now is that Bitcoin dominance is really jumping. And so this is something that I've noticed they'll do when they want to try and convince people that a bull market is happening. They'll push the Bitcoin dominance up because people, you know, once you're confident that Bitcoin is doing good, then you might roll some funds in, into other coins. Uh, they did the same thing back in um like right before this bull market kicked off in the fall of 2020, uh, which is kind of a, a painful memory for uh, for Monero people. Um, but yeah, this is 2020 right here, and they just pushed the Bitcoin dominance from 60% all the way up to uh, like back to 73%, which was its local high. And this was kind of necessary. It's the lowest cost way that market makers can sort of convince everyone that the bull market is back on. So they shoved the Bitcoin dominance up. They pushed Bitcoin into all-time highs, and then the tidal wave into shitcoins and altcoins. Um, that that was the next movement. So right now it feels a little bit like that. In in a larger picture, it's it's still a somewhat you know we're not looking at two x five x games here. We're looking at thirty percent forty percent. But still, there are these kind of vibes to me where it feels a lot like um, a lot like this parabolic move that started in twenty fifteen. So at some point we're going to pull back here and that's, that's really the, the big question. When are we going to pull back? Uh, so we'll talk more about other cryptos later, but for now, Monero looks really nice. Um, if you remember last week, I was saying we had broken this area right here and I, I did feel like we were going to head to this next area very quickly. Um, so right now we've hit a pretty natural resistance point and you know, the question is, are we going to go higher with this kind of momentum? I really, I really do kind of expect that we'll come and trend back up here. Um, but we also know that Monero's price is often managed and it does look to me, uh, so the divergence is here. It does look to me like they probably did spend a decent amount of time accumulating Monero, right? All of these, all these places right here. Overall, um, if we go to longer time frames, you can see that Essentially they, they spent the past few weeks accumulating, either accumulating Monero or just trying to keep their doors open. So when we go to longer t- time frames, this is kind of a longer um average. Right? So you can see that uh that we spent a lot more time overall with positive Monero divergences. So they probably are accumulating at some point. I had a I have a thesis now that I put on Reddit a couple of days ago. What we saw in August at the top of that August bubble, or not really bubble, but you know, at the top of the August bounce. Binance shut down Monero for like 10 days, their Monero withdrawals, and then they diverged their prices down by about 2%, 1% to 2%. And my theory was that they took whatever remaining Monero they had and sold it on Kraken to try and keep the price down even as they shut off withdrawals. And so they wanted to do that to suppress the price while they pushed everything up um, because the, the price on Monero, looked, the action looked weird. It's like we just had a flat top. And so my thesis is that whenever the top of this bounce comes, we will probably see, or maybe not probably, but if we see Binance shut down withdrawals again for you know at least a few days, and we see negative price divergences, that's probably an indication that we're at a temporary top. Um, so that would be nice if they did that, because you know that makes it a really easy trade, uh, makes it really easy to get out of my uh, my altcoin and shitcoin positions. Um, it looks like somebody on Bitfinex is getting bullish on Monero. The green line is the longs, the red line is the shorts. So they're closing their shorts, they're entering Monero longs. Uh, this is this is nice. Um, I'm not sure how much we can trust Bitfinex numbers or who the players are, but um, it's interesting. Um, this development, to XMR XMRBTC, if you remember last week, um, we actually drew this outer triangle, uh, this guy right here, um, saying, well... It looks like we might need to, to redraw this triangle. You can see this line right here. Um, so we had this line drawn for quite a long time. It made sense. It's kind of where things were topping out, poked above, and then kind of hung out there. And, of course, you know, the thesis was that eventually we were going to break above this, and which we did. Um, but it sort of required that we redraw the lines, which we did last week. Now, right now, we're kind of falling out of this of this triangle, and that's really not something we want to see. But it's also not surprising. Um, so what happens is with with price, one reason price just explodes like this, both for Monero and other coins, particularly for Bitcoin and other coins. These exchanges they can see when funds are flowing onto their exchanges. Um, they've also got their chain analysis. So they've got really sophisticated tools to understand on-chain flows. Um, like you've got a lot of maximalists, for example, we'll look at Glassnode and they'll talk about on-chain metrics. I've never seen a single one of those guys ever predict a bear market or a pullback <laughs> on, on that data. But I do believe that the exchanges, the market makers and the chain analysis guys probably can see that kind of stuff. So, and people got paid yesterday too. So you have to imagine that, these exchanges can see flows into their exchange. And so when they have the idea there's going to be organic purchasing, they front run that. So before people have the opportunity to buy, they just start pushing the price up massively knowing that people are wanting to buy and they're going to have to buy higher. They did this, for example, at the end of 2020 um, with Bitcoin and with just in general. Everybody kind of knew we were entering a bull market, but instead of just kind of like, like we did in 2016 where we went up, you know, and, and had a nice smooth curve on the way up. They just slammed the price up to 42,000 because they wanted to make sure people had to buy higher. Um, it's kind of a, a little trick that they pull. So um, I think they're basically what's happening here is this is real organic purchasing of cryptocurrency, but the price is kind of getting a little bit far ahead of itself. They're using that organic basis to lever up the market partially again. Um, so, with that, you kind of have to expect there there can be very sharp pullbacks, and there probably will be. Um, in terms of XMR BTC, it looks like they pushed a bunch of extra money into cryptocurrency. and even though Monero has some pretty nice gains, um you know they're they're pushing a lot more leverage into the other currencies into the other cryptos. Um, so yeah this this was a pretty natural place for a pullback, although <laughs> this happened in the middle of the night, which is just kind of annoying. I don't know, maybe that was like four a m um 5 a.m. Eastern. So not really too much of an opportunity to take advantage of that unless you put your Monero on an exchange, which is uh you know not recommended, of course. Um we've got the uh <clears throat> let's see here we've got the uh, Monero dominance and this is again another chart where we just kind of blew through some the, the first resistance. We spiked up here to this second resistance. Again I'm not sure if that if that wick was real or not. But in, in the way that you expect charts to behave, you expect to visit this line at some point again. So, for example, we we came up here, we didn't pull back, we just broke through. So now it's not uncommon. Like this isn't a, a terrible thing for us to come back down and, and visit this line and then try and come back up again. Um, that would be that would be sustainable market action, the kind of action that we want to see. Um, and then finally, these divergences. I don't know what happened here, but OKX, I guess they decided they want Monero. Uh, the white line is the sum of all of these, uh, sorry about that. Uh, the sum of all of these, uh, different exchanges here. So, I mean, they really, like, they really pushed up their acquisition of Monero right now, which is kind of weird because we've seen this pullback despite them trying to acquire more Monero. So I'm not quite sure what to make of that. Um, but, you know, interesting, interesting dynamics there. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at all of the regular macro stuff. We have the Dixie as sort of the daily. So if you remember uh, last week, I was saying that when this wick happened and then we ended the day down on what really looked like the beginning of a bullish movement, that was very, for risk assets, that was a very positive sign because it meant that Dixie was probably going to have more losses, uh, which indeed is what we've seen this week. Uh, the dollar index has continued to decrease. Now you have to keep in mind, this is more important as an indicator of how funds are flowing. It's not so much it's not necessarily like the dollar is strong, right? It's just that the dollar is strong relative to other currencies because of how people are moving funds. So this just helps us to see that. We also have the uh, reverse repos, which haven't really done anything in the past week. They're just kind of flat and hanging out down here. So if we're going into a real bull market, I do want to see this trend down, um, right? I, we, we want to see this start moving towards the bottom of that range. And ultimately, we would love to see this thing break down out of this um, out of this broadening structure. So that'll be another big sign that we're actually going on a sustained run and not just, um, you know, not just a temporary fake out pump. We've got crude oil. Uh, and as we talked about, we kind of want it to stay in this lower boundary in this range here. Uh, hopefully we don't end up, you know, jumping up too high. That would be an early indication that inflation could be problematic. Uh, gold is another big one that we talked about. We really want to see gold continue to perform. Now, my thinking on the gold chart here is that we've broken through some very important resistances. Um, this line, for example, has been a very important line for pretty much the whole bear market. We broke to the upside of this rising wedge, which was something I was expecting that we would do. And now we're also breaking kind of uh, horizontal areas of significance. At this point, with this kind of momentum, I would expect gold to continue heading up here to, to this range. And that will probably be a significant point where we will probably see gold pull back and we'll see a shift into the stock market. Uh, so stock markets are doing really good. Uh, I was kind of hoping that we might end the week actually above this resistance line. It would have been cool if we could have just uh, closed up into this area. That would be significant strength. But there's no reason why that has to happen, had to happen yesterday. It, it could be on Monday. It could be next week. Uh, that pullback that I was kind of hoping for midweek never came. And so once... Mid-Wednesday came around. I was kind of saying, well, we're probably just not going to get a pullback, which is good because that meant that we were going to have strength. Uh, and then we have got the NASDAQ as well, and it's not doing quite as well, but we should expect that we, sh- we should get into this area next week on the NASDAQ. And again, because everything's correlated, we we want to see the stock market do well. It's not necessarily a competition. In fact, it's not a competition at all. People that have money in the stock market, most of those institutional players – they're not just going to take that money and, and drop it into crypto. Uh, some of them do a little bit, but in general, the more important aspect is, is risk on, are people buying risk assets, tech stocks, cryptocurrency. Uh, and then we've got we can take a look at all of the assets relative to each other. If you remember last week, we said that silver was kind of, you know, silver had surprisingly not done as well, and that would probably catch up, and that's what happened this week. Silver silver came back up. Yeah, so um really nothing. Too crazy to speak of here. Bonds are kind of coming down a little bit. We're seeing a uh, bond market come down, which is fine. That's not a big deal. Um, crypto, you know, really took this big bounce on well, yesterday. Uh, so not really too much there to look at. Nothing too, too interesting. Uh, oh, that's right. The inflation numbers. Inflation came down. Uh, it hit targets. Everything was basically exactly at target, which is nice. We, we kind of would have preferred to see it beat targets. We'd like to see inflation coming down a little bit faster. That gives us more confidence. But uh, for the meantime, this is good. Like this is what we wanted to see. We need to continue seeing another, let's just say one more month. If we have good inflation numbers next month, that should really be a catalyst to continue these gains, to sustain these gains. Um, The Federal Reserve is looking at core inflation, the blue line, more than they're looking at CPI. Um, But this is also good just from like a social, uh, social sense. We we don't want people having to pay ridiculous amounts for basic goods and services and food and housing and whatnot. Uh, so that's good. The global price of metals. This is just an index. Again, we're we're bouncing off of this area right here. This is only a monthly chart, so we only get data little by little. But this this is a very natural place. This standard deviation. This is a natural place for for things to start going up. So again, just um, the idea that that gold and silver should continue to perform here. And we can revisit this chart as well that I showed you guys last week. This was the chart where I said that you can see clearly over the last two decades that gold has made reversal before the stock market has made reversal. So that's what we're wanting to see here. We're wanting to see gold continue to make gains, which which was the same as this chart over here. So, again, we're looking for gold to continue. And at some point, it will be, especially if we kind of get a confirmation that the bull market well, sorry, let me rephrase. That the bear market is temporarily on hold and we're on some kind of at least miniature bull market run, some kind of sustained run. We want to see chart structure in crypto confirm that to a greater degree. Um, and if and when we do see that, that will be the time to hop out of gold and hop back into crypto. Um, just depending on how you personally like to allocate your assets. Gold is the place I like to go. I like to sell crypto for gold at the top of these markets. Um, it, it always seems like gold might have the potential to really explode one day to, to go to the upside. Um, and it's nice just just to hold a, a solid asset instead of dirty fiat dollars. So this is total crypto market cap. And you can basically see we have broken the larger bear market resistance. Um, so we've kind of got our channel here. We've got our very top line and we just smashed right through that uh, in a nice little parabolic fashion. Um, we want to see this continue up. I would... Personally, like to see this make it to kind of this horizontal area of significance. Um, whether or not we get there, I don't know. But the current momentum would suggest we we would get there. We can also go to Bitcoin and see uh, Bitcoin's been performing really well. So Bitcoin looks very similar. Uh, I know that some of these lines look a bit schizophrenic, but it's just you have you just have to be able to do that to understand that. You don't want to draw like one line and then think, oh, we broke that line or oh, we didn't break that line when it's really it's a process in a lot of cases. Like so, for example, this this whole area right here is kind of a process of breaking through multiple resistances and you, you want to be able to see those. Um, but I do I do turn off a lot of these lines. So the one that was significant to me was this guy right here. Uh, it was significant because that's the most recent um, resistance line. And it's also the most shallow resistance line. So we smashed even right through that. Things peaked. Uh, we got that wick last night. Things peaked kind of right at that same, you know, at that same area. I do expect that this particular run will probably take us all the way to 25K uh, as long as this momentum continues. Uh, so that'll be nice. Like if, if crypto is doing good, if Bitcoin is doing good, Monero is also going to do good. And um,
2: then you think it goes back and like retests like 20K or something?
5: Yeah, I think that's that's likely. We'll probably do some kind of crazy thing, and then we'll do this. But on the way back down, what they'll do is they'll try and establish this as a support area. Because obviously, with all this action, that's significant resistance. So we just blew right through that. It's very likely we're going to have to come back down and test this area at some point. Um, but that's fine. We can do that a few weeks from now. Uh, we already looked at the market cap dominance. Looked at. Oh, I was doing something uh, the past few days that I thought was interesting. So, if y'all remember that I did a, uh, a regression analysis, and I'm actually very close to posting that on Twitter, like my full process for how that was derived. Um, but I also did this recently for Bitcoin divided by gold, right? So just BTC divided by XAU USD. Um, and this is actually a very nice chart. This is a very smooth chart. Um I tried to do this for other assets like for example the combined total crypto market cap chart and you look at it and it's kind of dirty there's not like great lines to draw but for this chart for Bitcoin versus gold this is actually a very nice chart and it's a shame that I didn't do this earlier because the very absolute low capitulation low regression analysis shows that we we actually punched down through that this would have been kind of a good corroborating signal if I had um if I had done it sooner uh, like just say a couple months ago, I could have said, OK, Bitcoin versus U.S. dollar didn't quite touch the ultimate low, but Bitcoin versus gold did. Uh, and that would have been kind of a signal, uh, another nice little signal to be getting long down here. Um, so, you know, hindsight 2020 and all that. Uh, but I thought that was interesting uh, that uh, that Bitcoin versus gold has a nice uh, regression analysis that makes sense. So um, I'll probably try and do this for other assets. I tried to do it for Bitcoin versus the Nasdaq, and that also was a bit of a dirty chart. So, um, but uh, yeah, things things look nice. Monero is at everything looks like it's close to a reasonable pullback area. But with this kind of momentum and strength, you just <laughs> the price is not acting reasonably. So we might we might go much higher than people think is possible on this first run. Uh, hopefully, out of the bear market, um, we're gonna have to contend with. 20k probably again some sometime later this year even if we make a run to 28 30 or even 40k we're probably going to have to come back down to these areas at some point um unless the macro situation changes but the fed is still selling assets um they're still going to raise interest rates and then they're going to hold them there for a long period of time so we'll just have to play that by ear um the macro will kind of tell us what's happening in real time um kind of as a side a side note I was talking with a friend the other day and he was asking me how I set stop losses um, when I'm doing like spot trading. And I told him that I actually don't. I don't use stop losses. And that's there's a danger to that. Um, For example, if you're not paying attention to the market, that can be dangerous. But the thing is the market is dynamic and the way that price moves is dynamic. So your stop losses kind of also need to be dynamic. And so it's the other thing is you have to really have good control of your emotions. Um, you can't let your your hype emotions get in the way of taking profit, and you can't let your fear emotions get in the way. If hypothetically you need to move your stock loss down um, on a spot trade, leverage is a whole different story. I don't recommend anyone trade leverage. You can even know what direction the market is going to go, <laughs> and still not trade leverage successfully.
2: Um, Why well, you're a good a natural pilot, man? You, you know how to navigate, <laughs> deal with risk, assess risk on the on the dime. Wow, no stop loss. They teach you that. That's pretty they do teach you
7: that. I, I I don't
2: I don't trade, but um the stop loss just seems like a very simple thing to do that really makes like trading easier, right? I guess if you're if you're constantly on it, like what you're doing. But you know, if you're somebody that just kinda like Oh, did we get this No, connected? No. Yeah.
0: no just, if you're
2: somebody that just kinda wants to like, you know buy the lows and sell the highs and you don't want to lose your stack along the way. Right? I feel like stop yeah. losses are good
5: things. What do you think? I would never have a stop loss for Monero. I'm going down with the ship. <laughs> <Yeah>, i <I'm laughs> don't
2: get me wrong. The, I don't even, yeah. Like, there dramatic, is no, no stop too.
7: loss. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, no,
5: but like if you're just trading, um, I mean, stop losses are a good thing. If you're not on it all the time, if you're not confident in your ability to assess the market, then, yeah, you really probably do want to use stop losses. So um, it's kind of a variable thing there. There's they're safety, and like that advice that I'm giving there where I'm saying, like, I don't use stop losses, you just have to be very careful with that.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. At yeah, your own yeah, risk, yeah. people, at your own risk.
5: <laughs> it's trade at your own risk. Don't recommend it.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> the thing that I do recommend, though, is that you move your stack periodically. You rebalance maybe once or twice a year. Um, if you can see the big broad trends that are happening, get on the right side of those trends and then just stay there. Like, for example, it was very clear, at least to me, it was clear in, um, in October of 2021 that that was a top. We were very close to a top. So pulling some off the table, reallocating, rebalancing your portfolio into gold, for example, that was a very natural move, right? That was easy to do. And then, and then you just stay there, right? You just hang out there for say nine, 12 15 months. And then when you see the conditions starting to change, like we have over the past couple months, uh, you start reallocating, right? You, you just, you, you don't trade. It's more like you have to manage your investment somehow. So that's, I really above DCA, I recommend doing that. I mean, obviously if you've got a fiat job and you're making money, then obviously DCA as well. Um, but if you're living off your crypto, you, you don't want to trade daily. You want to avoid that. It's a trap, but, but you do want to rebalance your, your portfolio a couple times a year
2: i I play the, you know, just try to acquire more in the bear markets and keep my crypto as my crypto. Just because I'm not yeah. I'm not on top of it enough, I wouldn't. And I think we talked about this last time. I just wouldn't want the added stress. But yeah, if you're if you're <clears throat> if you're completely all crypto and you're not in the fiat world, you know, you're not making any fiat income. Yeah, it's kind of silly not to follow the big moves right seasonally.
4: Yeah,
5: I mean, you kind of unless you just bought really early and you've got a few hundred Bitcoin or a few million in the bank or sorry, not in the bank. If you have a few million in crypto and you're just chilling, then okay, maybe you don't need to trade. But yeah, if you if your job is to trade the markets, you kind of you kind of have to take advantage of these movements. Yep. Deejin, that's a deejin job. Don't do it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. All right. Matt. Thank you, buddy.
4: Thanks, yes.
2: Yeah, thanks so much. I mean, so so overall, though, you, th- you think Monero will follow, cont- you know, will it continue to keep up with Bitcoin? Like I kind of asked this last time, but now we're seeing it, right? It seems like, boom, Bitcoin's taking off, leaving everybody in the dust. Uh, do you just feel like it will just continue to creep up and follow and catch up and essentially maintain this, the same ratio against Bitcoin or slowly? slowly. With
5: volatility. With the volatility. Box. In fits and starts and with volatility, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so they're, they're pushing a bunch of money, leverage, stable coins, whatever, into Bitcoin at the moment. Um, and so we're having a pullback, but at some point crypto is going to pull back and it's, it's likely that Monero will catch up during those moments. They can't continue to press deeper and deeper fractional reserve ratios. Um, they're just basically out of Monero. So it, it'll be in like counter cyclical timing, right they'll pump bitcoin they'll pump the crypto markets and then they'll roll some people'll roll some of that into monero, so we're we'll probably see kind of like it'll happen in fits and starts, and it'll happen with volatility, but I do believe that overall we should keep up with the crypto market uh, this time. I mean obviously not like the brand new coins that do like a hundred x or a thousand x right those those coins are a different story, but bitcoin ethereum yeah we we should keep up the other thing too is you can see you know this is a really natural resistance area. Right. If you remember last week, I, I said that if we see Bitcoin um, and the crypto markets pumping, I, I was saying last week that we could we could roll over, right? We could spend some time going sideways here against the rest of the crypto market. So it, it's not entirely unexpected for this to happen. Luckily, we're we're still in this rising triangle, or sorry, this rising wedge. Hopefully, we can stay there. Normally, these things do break to the downside. Uh, we do have this kind of secondary resistance right here. The, uh, sorry, secondary support. This this rising resistance that turned into support after we got above it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I probably don't have like as great a news as I would like to have. I do think this chart is still bullish. It's just that we might need some consolidation time before continuing to go up.
2: All right. So, so no point oh two by, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh I can't <laughs> promise that. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right, will see what you can do. Uh, thank you so much, <laughs> man. Right, Greatly so much. appreciate it. Great convo as always. In my pleasure. For, uh, uh, for those that are listening in the space, obviously I, you, you get more out of it if you're watching the charts. You can see those on YouTube. But uh, we will move on. Thank you, buddy. Thank
0: you, buddy. Thank you. Great. Have a great weekend. Bye. All righty, let's uh move on to our um our guest. They're waiting patiently. The Mineratopia guest segment is sponsored by CakeWallet, store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys.
3: What's going Hello. on, guys? How's it going? Guys? Hey, hey.
4: <laughs> going pretty yeah. good down, down here in Bonesville near Acapulco. Very yeah.
0: nice. Hello.
4: Looks like you're chilling there. You're
0: chilling. You're hanging. Yeah, this is,
4: this is Kevin and Noe.
0: Hi.
4: <laughs> hey, guys. Hola.
0: <laughs> They're like <just> staring. <laughs>
5: They're
0: like, hello. They're like straight yeah, they, they
4: can't hear you. I've got uh, a headset in.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <Yes>. like...
4: <laughs> w- what are you doing with the orphanage down there? Uh, so, Anarchapolka has been working with the uh, Marsh Children's Home, for almost seven years now, this will be the seventh year that we've we've been working with them and uh it, it just kind of started out of this fundraising thing that we had going on uh back when I was on the radio uh Dash used to sponsor us. I know Monero people love dash, but
8: yeah,
4: yeah. They, they sponsored us and we did all kinds of, you know, really cool things with the orphanage. I was actually building houses and stuff in Puebla, going into hurricanes, doing all kinds of things that, you know, the Dash community fully supported and uh, they thought it was a good idea to pay for. So, you know, I, you know, I, I can't complain when, when your life is to go out and do something like that and and you can make a living at it. That's That's pretty damn cool.
2: Awesome. Yeah, that's definitely a fulfillment there. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, what type of things are you working on with them?
4: Uh, so, I have a friend called Brent. His name is Brent. And he goes by Burnt MD. He's a rapper and cannabis connoisseur in the, the CBD world. He uh, sells CBD medicines and stuff like that, and he's into uh, growing food. And when I brought him here a few years ago, uh, just he just became more and more interested in working with the orphanage and it really touched him. So he decided that their diet kind of sucked and it does because it's mm-hmm. based on what, what people donate. And so it's a lot of starches, you know, tortillas and breads and, and not a lot of really good food.
2: Eggs. So you need eggs in there.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Brent decided, you know, we should start a garden. And uh, it's grown over the past year, and now we're getting into hydroponics.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Uh,
4: we made a a vertical hydroponic system that covers about one meter, and it has 100 uh, slots for heads of lettuce. We're having a little trouble growing it right here because we're right next to the ocean. So the salt's taking its toll on it. But the event space where we're having anarcho is called the Secret Garden and it's about a quarter mile away from here. They are giving us a designated area to start this garden. Uh, when I put this out, you know, uh, we went ahead and made the first unit and started growing in it, and I put a video out on Anarchapulto's Telegram, and somebody from the Netherlands seen it and decided they wanted to be part of it too. They're donating a, uh, two deep water pools, so that's a bunch of... Floating uh, rafts that you put plants on. Um, so the pools are fifty-five feet long by about four feet wide, and there's two pools, so we can grow thousands of plants in these pools. Plus, we're looking at doing the verticals. So that's amazing. And we'll so be you're, raising you're gonna, money. You're
2: gonna we'll, have. We'll, we'll be raising money at, at a Narcopoco That's going to be like set up essentially, because that's where yeah. the land is
4: yeah, yeah, we've already gotten the stuff that's coming in. We're starting to, to dig, dig out for the beds. Oh, sure. And, uh, we're gonna have, we've already got the first, you know, prototype unit of the, uh, of the vertical stuff going. We're growing tomatoes in it, actually. They're doing okay right here, but the lettuce is just not faring well, which is what we wanted, what we really wanted to grow in there. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, People can get involved or whatever. <laughs> uh, the last two years, we've been having auctions at Anarch photo and been raising money. Last year, we raised $40,000 for the orphanage. The year before, we raised $20,000. And we've been auctioneer who just, like, gets everybody into it, and, yeah you know, it works out great. So we're going to be doing that again this year, and we're going to have, you know, probably double, if not more, than the people we had last year. I know we've, we've got room for a thousand tickets, uh, so I I believe that we'll sell out. I know we did sell out for the last two years, and the previous years before COVID, it was you know approaching right at three thousand people that were attending. Amazing, amazing. And you guys are going to be there. Yes. So, Thanks yeah, for we're happy happening. about that. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a great idea. I love I love uh the idea that you guys are. Doing with the coffee down in Guatemala, so that's stuff that that I I dig and yeah and congrats on that. I'd love awesome. to hear more about that and just to have you guys doing their your media there and setting up people with Monero wallets, telling them about private crypto.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, look look forward to working with you. Let's let's get uh, Rodolfo up here.
9: Hey, hey. Oh,
0: how's it going? Good. Yeah, I, just, I just booked my
10: uh, my plane ticket and Airbnb a couple of days ago, so it's official. Oh, cool, <laughs> nice. cool.
4: Yeah, yeah. So I met I met you guys through him, right? Then I meet you in Seattle, right? At one of the yeah, Bitcoin
10: meetups. Meet-up.
4: Yeah, Yeah. So I haven't I haven't had a house in six years, so I just travel around in RVs and motorcycles right. Right. and whatever. I, I have a travel channel. You can see some really crazy stuff that I did recently. I
0: can only imagine? Uh,
4: so, I on my way,
0: quiet.
4: yeah, uh, on my way down here, I was, I drive this adventure bike that's like packed with 300 pounds of gear, to like camp on beaches and whatever, but I ended up in the middle of that Sinaloa mess, and so I was, I was, you know, documenting the whole thing, driving past all these burning buses, and oh, wow,
3: just,
4: it was madness, man, people are like, what, you're crazy, why would you do that? I'm like, well... Why wouldn't I? I'm already here. Why wouldn't I document it?
2: <laughs> wow, you made you made videos of that. You put it up?
4: Yeah, yeah. My uh, travel channel is called uh, ANRV Adventure. It's supposed to sound a little like Anarchy uh, NRV, you know. <laughs> so I drop in little nuggets. It's it's kind of aimed at the mainstream, but when I'm traveling around, I I make sure to drop little hints of. How inefficient government is, and how they suck, and they're corrupt, and the ways that I've had to bribe them and just to get by here in Mexico. <laughs> so yeah, I like dropping those seeds of anarchy out there.
2: When you, when you come up to Monero Topia, are you're going to take your motorcycle?
4: <laughs> Probably so. Nice. I love, I, yeah, I love, I mean, I love traveling all around in Mexico and recently i was, went to the top of a volcano in your Mexico City. And... Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Between you and You Bobby, can only go so, so far. <laughs> down there. we got <laughs> like, to introduce the you train. to body. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: Rodolfo, you want so quickly, yeah, you, you yes. want to quickly uh, tell everybody what's what's going to be happening down in Anarchapoca with regards to uh,
10: Monero and Gratuitous and the, the whole deal?
0: And who you sure. are. <laughs> yeah, so
10: I think I'm going to bring down some – I'll have Colombian beans, and I'll probably actually have some Mexican beans that I think you guys uh, got, whatever, a couple months ago. Um, I'm going to be bringing down this roaster right here. <laughs> Let me show you. Give you a little, little peek. It uses infrared technology. <laughs> a little drum. And then the cooler is right over, over here. So. Yeah, I'm bring that down, and I'm gonna roast some beans for people. Uh, do some live demonstrations and kind of just explain uh, the website. And uh, I think I'll also be handing out some XMR if people download Cake Wallet. So awesome! Awesome! Yeah.
2: yeah. So if you're if you're down, if you're going down to Narco Poco and you're into Monero, right? Maybe you might need some help at the table, right? Like if yeah, anyone wants to like come hang for out sure. at the table, you know, have to, you know. I'm sure Rodolfo would appreciate it because we want, we want to try to onboard people to Monero down there. So it, it takes time. It it's t- you'll see. Like yeah. you tell them to download the wallet and then you're explaining Monero.
0: Like it takes a and, second yeah. for each person. So um, you got a set transactions.
2: So yeah, if anybody that's already, maybe you're already going to be down there or, or you're thinking about going down there, we, we encourage you to do so. Have a good time all week uh, at an Arkapoko and then you can help Neil hand out. Monero, the onboard people. Yeah.
0: yeah, for people that want to help out. Uh, yeah, just email, uh, Rodolfo at, uh, contact at um, Yep.
10: I got access to that email.
0: Reach out. It things a lot
10: easier instead of trying to do two things at once. Yeah. 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 100%. You're gonna- and it's
0: fun. I gotta, it's like, fun. like, it's, it's like fun.
11: a t-
10: time consuming process where I got to yeah. like change the buttons and stuff every couple of minutes. So it's not like.
0: <laughs> yeah, for people that don't know, he was the, the roaster at Monerotopia Twenty Two, and yes. he did a great job. Yeah, yeah, if you were station.
10: there, right? Yeah, awesome. You, you did a same, great job. Same type of machine, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, whenever anybody that orders gratuitous, Neil's he he he's, roasts yeah, it up and yeah, ships it out. Yeah. So you get fresh right. roasted coffee. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little hard to do on the spot, right? It's a little hard to do. It it produces outside. a lot of exhaust. Yeah.
10: So I live in an apartment in the greater Seattle area. So I go to a, a friend's place, like twenty minutes away. Wow! It's in a house, doing it in his backyard. <laughs> That's cool.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Who I think my, my lease is up
10: in a couple months, so I think I'm gonna be looking for one with that. a house instead <laughs> of one. How,
2: how many how many orders are we getting, like on average now? Like
10: it hmm. ranges, so like there'll be like some weeks where I have to roast like ten bags, and then some weeks we'll have zero or two. So I'd say it ranges from yeah, like two to ten. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Have, like and, 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 beans, like uh, Rodolfo
2: was saying, we have new new beans from mm. Colombia, who's from somebody else that's in the Monero community that um, reached out to us that said they, you know, had access to farms, and we worked it out over the course of a couple of months. and We finally got the beans shipped. We'll be going down to Colombia at some point to, you know, go to the farm, hook the people up with their wallets. Uh, and then we also worked it on getting beans from a farm in Mexico. When we went down to Mexico, to set up Monerotopia. Um, so we're going to try to have those beans shipped to an Arkapoko. Um, and then, you know, same thing. We'll go to that farm. That farm was, was pretty cool. It was like literally in the mountains on, a, mountain, on a mountainside.
4: Reason. Um,
2: they thought we were I'm crazy, cute. crazy for being there. They're like, why, why are you guys here? We're like hiking. I was like
0: with the dress <laughs> and sneakers.
2: <China.
4: laughs> what we, we what area? Uh, this is what the, area is that farm in? Oaxaca.
0: It was near Oaxaca, oh,
4: cool. yeah. Yeah, it was in the
2: Oaxaca region. We were on the coast, and we drove inland, maybe like what? No, around? we were in
0: Hatulco, and yeah. then we drove up north to oh, cool. towards Oaxaca. But I forget what this, this yeah, name.
4: Cool. the yeah, cool. I is? was just I was down there. I I went through Mazunta and San Jose del Pacifico. I was in Oaxaca for Day of the Dead. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, was oh, sure, dope. yeah, beautiful, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, I love Mexico. Mexico's amazing. amazing. Oh, you know, there's a there's going to be an, another representative of a Wallet who has Monero on it here. Uh, Paul play of Edge is supposed to be coming to speak. So Oh, okay. I don't know. He might he might pitch in with you guys or something and uh, get some more Monero going. We'll say so I'll, yeah. I'll I'll send him a message and ask him about that. But yeah. are you going to recommend the Cake Wallet? Should I put that out into the into the AnarchaPoker chat or anything that? people should expect to download the Cake wallet?
2: No, it doesn't matter. You know, they use whatever Monero wallet they want. But, uh, you know, when we're down there, we're going to try to get Cake to sponsor. But like you said, maybe we could get um, Paul, too, if he wants. You know, they sponsor and they give a couple of hundred bucks or whatever. Then we can give out Monero and ask the people to download, you know, Cake Cake sponsors. And they're willing to reimburse. Is Cake
4: a multi? Cake is a multi-coin wallet, too, isn't it?
2: It is. So there, there's, yeah. there's cake. Cake was the, cake was the first Monero iOS wallet. And then they, uh, eventually they added Bitcoin and they added Litecoin. Uh, and then they also have a fork that they built Monero, Monero.com wallet, which is just the original cake wallet. It's just Monero only. Um, uh, but yeah, cake has, has a couple of different coins on there. Yeah. And they have exchanges built in. They have cake pay built in, which is kind of like, uh, the dash pay thing. So right. So you could on instantly buy gift cards anonymously with Monero at point of checkout. So they built that into their app. It's cake has become quite the utility in the Monero community. I'll
4: have to check that out. Do they do any ZK stuff with Zcash or?
2: Uh, they haven't added Zcash yet, but there's, there's talk of it.
4: Okay, cool. Maybe they can add, uh, some of the other
2: Zcash ports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, they, 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 they try to add cryptos that are, that are really, you know, used for transactional purposes. That's kind of like the metric they, they seem to be going by. So that's why Bitcoin, Litecoin, obviously Monero. But like I said, they started off as a Monero wallet and then they started to add some of these others. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it involves, evolves into. Um, all right, guys, this this is great. Should we? You guys want to jump in the the Twitter space, and we'll continue the convo there. And uh you know, news. I don't know what happened with Tony. Well, Tony's
0: so, ready if you want. If you want to. All right, go have on Tony streamer. jump on. All right,
2: we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have Tony jump on, give the news, and then uh, if you guys want to jump in the space, we'll jump in the space. People have questions about an Arcapulco or whatever. Um, by all means. There
0: we go. All right, so uh, yeah, oh, wait, Danny,
2: move. Danny's muted.
4: Go ahead, uh, Danny. You're muted. Yeah, which Twitter? It's just MoneroTopia on Twitter.
2: Yeah, MoneroTopia on Twitter. You'll uh, see that the space is live. Yeah, I sent you the in link there. in Telegram. Uh, click on that. That's okay. Cool. Tony, Tony's going to quickly run is through you? the news, and then we'll we'll jump in there with you. Hopefully within ten minutes. Yep. All right.
0: That's sounds good. Right. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Thanks, guys. Good. Thank you,
2: guys. And now for our weekly news segment. Hello, Tony. Tony. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're out of nowhere. <laughs> <Whoa>.
1: <laughs> hey, guys.
0: How's it going?
1: It's going on, man. Uh, good. I'm back in the U.S. now. So, uh... oh wait, it's the camera is out of sync again. At least for me. I don't um, know. It was yeah. just
0: fine, I think, now because we just did. Whatever. Anyways, yeah, just continue. Don't worry about it. Just do it. Okay.
1: Take it away.
2: Yeah, try, let, uh, try to get it go because then we'll jump into space. Um, yep. so, can... so just share your Dan, screen. I think Danny yeah. gonna hang around a little bit.
1: Yep. Okay. Uh, there we go.
0: Yeah, now it's back in sync. Just took a second.
1: Okay. Okay. Hey, guys. Welcome to, um, the weekly news section. Um, so grab some tea, some beer, whatever you want, and um, (laughs) let's get into, into it. Um, the first thing that I want to mention, um, that I found interesting and cool is that Linux Mint accepts Monero as donations, and if we open these links from, um, Reddit, you can see right now, right here, that you can actually donate some Monero to Linux Mint. Um, so that's that's really interesting. And then um, there's a Monero ATM project that could be completed before Monero Con 23. And that's going to be on uh, the 23rd of June, 2023. That's a lot of 23s. Uh, <laughs> and um, if you go on their website, they actually detail how you can build that yourself. And um, you need a single board computer, a bill acceptor, coin acceptor, a thermal printer, QR reader module, a seven-inch HDMI display, and a power adapter. And the cost is between 200 to 400 euros, which is not a lot of money. And you can build your own um, Monero ATM, and hopefully it's going to look as good as the one on on, on the right. That's and- sick, man! We got to we got to you know who's behind? We got to have them on on the shelf. Um, I think, no, I, I don't know, but I need to look into it. Um, that'd be cool. Like if we can have that for Monero Topia in Mexico, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. And you can exchange cash. You can, you know, they support many, um, currencies, even coins. Um, and it's written in Go. So, um, that's, that's cool to see. And, um, of course... There's no camera like all the other ATMs and, um, yeah, it's, uh, cool. Uh, then let's talk about over quick, um, elite Wallet. It's a multi-currency mobile wallet that supports Monero. Now it's a uh, non-custodial, uh, it has a built in exchange for thousands of pairs. You can buy cryptocurrencies with credit uh, debit, um, slash your bank. Or you can sell cryptocurrencies by bank transfers. And if we go on their website. Um, it's essentially a privacy, privacy-oriented privacy uh, self-custody wallet it's available for Android and iOS wallet and, and iOS um, and you can also donate in Monero if you go all the way down you can do- donate in Monero for the project um, so it's good to see more and more people becoming more privacy-oriented and uh, more keen to Monero um then I want to mention MIT and um, their inclusiveness uh, report from four countries. Um, they're looking into CBDCs, and they've done some research, I think a 15-month research, yes, a 15-month research um, on India, Indonesia, Nigeria, and Mexico, and about how, uh, so essentially low- and middle-income countries and how um, what inclusion issues they, they might have with um, CBDCs. And um, if you go down, if you, if you go on uh, this tweet by uh, Bilal, um, it talks about uh, the paper published by MIT Digital Currency Initiative, and they're looking into self custody. That's a big thing. Offline cap- capabilities, uh, and that's also huge when it comes to making um, payment, digital payments. Um, you know, if you don't have internet, you need to be able to make payments, and then uh, there comes uh, the trust. But if we go down on the article, um, there's a quote that I find really interesting. It says, especially considering the rise of authoritarian regimes around the world, the acceleration of the surveillance state and the increasing challenge of regulating the technology industry, it is far from self-evident that people should trust the CBDC. (laughs) Um, so that's up to you if you want to, if you want to trust the CBDC or, or not. And by the way, if you want to check out all the links, if you want to read them by yourself and look into, um, you know, because there's far more uh, details and, you know, research papers that you can see, um, the links are in the description. So you can go and uh, and check it out. Then let's go into, um, this one is huge. It's about uh, United Arab Emirates and their new federal virtual asset law. Um, and if you don't comply... Um, With this law, there's a hefty fine of up to 2.7 million dollars, and this is of course in the name of um, terrorism and money laundering and to protect people from it, um, although it's it's uh, pretty hard. And uh, so they passed a new law that governs virtual assets, uh, setting up the country's initial regulatory regime for the cryptocurrency space at the federal level. and the crypto regulator called is called the Virtual Asset Regulatory Authority (VARA). And um, Irina Hever, uh, she's a, a United Arab Emirates-based crypto and blockchain lawyer. She explained that the move has several implications, um, and entities that engage in crypto activities must secure a license and approval from the new regulator. Non-compliance could lead to a hefty fine uh, of. Uh, 2.7 million dollars and essentially every crypto and web free project operating in the um, Arab Emirates will have to structure a way to comply with the new federal law and all of the existing laws and uh, starting January 14th which I think it's today yeah uh, today actually um, everybody gets three months to to comply with the new uh, regulations and this is whether you're a crypto exchange, a crypto brokerage, a crypto payment service, uh, basically all the entities that deal with uh, with crypto. And again, this is in order to combat money laundering, crimes, the, finance, the financing of terrorism, and the financing of uh, unlawful organizations. Um, and then it also mentions that um, it's, it's still going to be hard to prevent FTX-like entities from attempting to commit fraud. And... Um, they want to make um, the Arab Emirates the web-free capital of the world then moving on let's talk about Russia and uh, the CBDC settlement system Uh, they've been dabbling with uh, CBDCs since uh, the restrictions because of the war with Ukraine and they have two possible cross-border CBDC settlement models this quarter they wanted to release uh, a digital rubble By the beginning of 2024, I think, uh, but now um, we're expecting it to come sooner in the first quarter of 2023, and the first proposed model sees various countries entering into separate bilateral agreements with Russia to integrate their CBDC system. Um, Each agreement would be made to ensure the conversion and transfer of assets between the countries uh, are in accordance with the rules of the agreements. And the second, this is a more complicated model, it proposes a single hub-like platform for Russia to interact with other countries, sharing common protocols and standards to facilitate payments between the connected countries. Now, for this, you you know, um, the country with which they are uh, conducting the payments with, they need to be technologically and politically sound already in order to, um, to commit to such a thing. And um what's also interesting, let me see where it is over here. Yeah. The vice president of the Association of Banks of Russia, Alexei uh, Voilukov, said that introducing a digital rubble won't change or improve Russia's global political situation and trials for the CBDC platform can only be undertaken with countries that are friendly with the Russian government and, and technologically ready. Um It's interesting how the government is very... Uh, keen to to uh, the CBDC but the Bank of Russia isn't and we've seen articles in the past uh, where uh, there's been these conflicting uh, th- this conflict between them um, then let's go into uh, the BIS economists that suggest improving Tradify with CBDC to attract users away from crypto um there's many risks involved with crypto, as we all know, and uh, <laughs> economists are suggesting that they need to make Tradify better in order to sway people away from crypto and get them into, into uh, CBDC. And it says uh, they want to develop an alternative. What they had in mind was the CBDC. Uh, BIS senior economist Matteo Aquilina said they saw lessons from the crypto winter that descended in 2022. The recent failures in crypto asset markets underscore the need to address the risks, the risks presented by crypto before those markets become systemic. Um, they said uh, crypto is unlikely to go away on its own despite the issues with it, the authors noted. Uh, they place potential risk mitigation actions into categories of bank specific activities with crypto, containing crypto in isolation from the real economy, and regulating crypto in a manner akin to, to Tradify. Um, and then each option has relative pros and cons. They noted a ban, for example, could conflict with founding principles of society, among other things. The three approaches can be pursued simultaneously, however. Um, for s- essentially CBDC, for it to be better than crypto or to sway people away, it needs to improve the speed and the cost efficiency. Uh, it needs to be easy to use. And then I think they also mentioned uh, privacy, yes. Um, there's a quote over here in th- this article by The Offer, and it says they could help reduce the cost of payments, enhance financial inclusion, bolster the integrity of the system, and promote user control over data and privacy. Which is not true because um, I'm, I think her name is Christine Lagarde, uh, the president of the European Central Bank, and uh, she detailed in her paper uh, that um, you're not going to have full uh, privacy that you uh, you will have in Manero, um, there's going to be some level of privacy, but not the one that, of course, we wish for. Uh, they can still uh, turn off and off off and on the switch, the privacy switch.
2: Yeah, basically can... the way they word it is like you know every everybody will have privacy, except in instances where the government
1: needs to be able to <laughs> look into
2: things, which just implies that there really
1: is no no privacy. Exactly. And and this is detailed in their paper. There's a paper that uh, we talked about in the past. And even they say in that paper that you're not going to have that level of privacy that, you know, you might think of. But they still throw the word privacy in there, of course. Uh, it is interesting
2: when you ultimately think of CBDCs versus crypto and how they're going to yeah. be competing against each other. And, you know, if CBDCs, they, they might be able to to mimic the predictable supply, right? Like theoretically by saying, you know, um, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to show you, you know, you'll always know how many CBTCs exist at any point in time. And, you know, as they try to compete with Bitcoin, right, they're going to have to like add these features essentially, but Mm -hmm. the privacy, they're just never going to fully give into that because they just, can't. as a government, they're not going to, they're not going to give that part up. Um, (laughs) So it's going to be interesting as they try to compete against crypto, but they'll they'll never be able to mimic something like a Monero and say like here's a truly cash like thing that people can can use to transact without uh, without
1: surveillance. Well, I think a lot of people from crypto are <sighs> going to be keen in some way to CBDCs because. Uh, most of them, they don't really care about privacy anyway. They just care about the capital gains. Not a lot of people know about, about Monero. And that's why we are sitting at, uh, the rank, uh, that we are at, I think 20, 20 something. Monero didn't go up today quite, quite a bit. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are in it for the money. So I think c- c- CBDC will, will attract, um, more people, but hopefully that people will become a little bit privacy conscious and then they'll find their way into, into Monero. Things like FTX didn't really help um, the crypto movement. So it's interesting how 2023 is, is going to be for Monero. Um, but actually on January 12th, which is two days ago, um, it was the 14th anniversary of the first Bitcoin transaction made by Hal Finney. And he's the legendary cyberpunk, was the first to download and receive Bitcoin, helping to prove the system um, worked. Um, well, he's second to Satoshi Nakamoto, but, um, um, so he's one of the first. Uh, Satoshi sent him 10 Bitcoins, uh, which in today's, um, today's uh, it's worth a lot. And, um, it was just a test trans- transaction to see how Bitcoin works. Unfortunately, Finney died in 2014, but he did a lot for, for the space before he died. He suffered, um... Lou Gehrig's disease, which is a homeotrophic lateral sclero- uh, sclerosis. It's a debilitating, debilitating illness that attacks a person's nervous system. So unfortunately, um, he suffered from that and ultimately, um, died. Uh, but, um, once Toshi announced mm-hmm. the release of the software, he grabbed it right away. He wanted to test it right away and, um, he found, he mined a few coins, he found a few bugs and let the software run for a few days before determining the protocol was stable by draining on his computer's um, CPU. Then um, he also talked about the price and that uh, each of the 21 million coins could one day be worth $10 million. And then he also said, since we're all rich with Bitcoins or we will be once they're worth a million dollars, like everyone expects, we ought to put some of this unearned wealth to good use um, this is in a separate 2011 Bitcoin talk post. Uh, but what he mentioned, and, um, it's really, really, um, good to hear and interesting. He says, he said, the danger is if people are buying Bitcoins in the expectation that the price will go up and the resulting increased demand is what is driving the price up. That is the definition of a bubble. And as we all know, bubbles burst, of course, um, if it's just based on price, which a lot of people are in Bitcoin for the number, go up and for the technology, well, it, it is going to burst and it's going to go up and down. But if it's an actually good technology, then it's going to be stable because people will actually want to, to use it. Um, but then he tweeted in January 12, uh 10th, 2009 running Bitcoin. And then a week and a half later on January 21st, 2009, he's, he he said, Looking at ways to add more anonymity to Bitcoin. Now, January 21st is actually next uh, Saturday. So, um, we're going to celebrate that next Saturday. We're going to have. Yeah,
2: yeah. We'll th- we'll, we'll, we're thinking we'll make that the, the theme. And of- it's also
0: our 100th episode. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh,
2: wow. yeah, oh, wow. yeah I just realized 100th that. Episode yeah. Episode. Wow. Minerotopia. Minerotopia. Yeah, episode yeah. 100. Holy shit!
0: Yeah, All right. right? And I, I just realized that
2: today. How many episodes of a narrow talk have we had? Holy shit! I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not like going on to count. <laughs> <And>, the... um, <laughs> yeah, no. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna try to celebrate that next Saturday on the date that he sent out that tweet. And it, so that was literally his second Bitcoin related tweet, right? His first one was a running Bitcoin clients. Yeah. Ten days later, he's like working on ways to add more additivity. When we we interviewed uh, Kurt Monero um, in talk a couple of days ago. He's a big BSV guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, but I was surprised. I asked him like out blank. I was like, I was like, so was Satoshi a cypherpunk? Was he a crypto anarchist? And he's like, no. He's like, no, I don't. I don't believe he was. <laughs> so that's just oh. like that was like what? I was like, okay. Yeah, like any, any answer he gave me, I was just, I was just more, <laughs> more,
0: more baffled. <laughs> like,
2: baffled by. So i like, I don't really get what it is. Wow. So it's like, it's like a a bootlicker, bootlicking coin. Like so, the purpose of, of I, I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Let's but I was just very that. surprised that. So they they're you know the claim is that Satoshi didn't even have these crypto anarchist ideals, which I just think is.
1: Crazy, yeah.
12: <laughs> but I wonder, <laughs> I mean, like,
1: what happened to Hal Because he tweeted that he wanted to add more anonymity to Bitcoin, but maybe nobody was interested be, interested besides him at the moment, and maybe he gave up. Uh, I have no idea.
2: Well, there w- there was <laughs> talk of it. I mean, there's that that famous post of Satoshi talking yeah. about potential, uh, having the conversation kind of out loud about you know how anonymity could be added or privacy more privacy could be added to monero yeah i effectively adding he, he described ring signatures and stealth addresses um, yes which is pretty interesting and so you know we don't know it was Hal satoshi you know was it a group of people it was who knows who knows but it you know uh there there was more talk there but yeah would obviously it'd be great to talk be able to talk to Hal. but that's that's not possible.
1: It's not possible. But we
2: see that literally the first guy who was using Bitcoin, right? He was the first one to receive a transaction. That he saw the immediate flaw in Bitcoin, which was its lack of anonymity. And so, yeah. I don't know, maybe he partook in in creating CryptoNote. Who knows, right? Like, maybe he was part of that. Um, we do not know, but it's it's just indicative of the fact that he, this guy who was really, literally the first user, whether he was Satoshi or not, a part of that group, saw the that for for this thing to ultimately work, it needs to have privacy and anonymity
1: built into it.
12: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's it didn't take him long to discover this. It took him like a week, a week and a half, <laughs> and then he tweeted, "Well, I think we should add some anonymity to Bitcoin." <laughs> Amazing. But it's crazy, like. Cool. It, uh, this plus the 100th episode, maybe, who knows? I mean, it was meant to be. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. I thought I was.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It. I was
0: like, oh, schnizzles, because this is episode 99. Nine. Maybe so Monero episode... versus
1: BTC will
2: hit .02 by, by next week. We'll just have a crazy Monero <laughs> And we'll see how Sir Douglas
0: will be feeling also next week, because he's getting ankle surgery on Tuesday, so. Uh,
1: oh yeah. wow! wow.
0: Oh, guys, you guys, let me know how we'll alert you ever, he will be we'll or drunk. I'm not really sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Knowing Doug, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna make it n- no matter what. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, I'll power t- no through way. it. Tony, yeah. man, thank he's you so much. He's
0: on the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
1: I have one more thing before. Uh, okay. This porn star tweeted that Monero is oh. the only privacy coin. And, yes. Uh, she has a lot of followers, 223,000 followers. I was actually, before I actually clicked on her profile to see how many followers she has, but I'm not going to because YouTube will take this video down <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if when I show what uh, she has on her profile. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's cool, you know, more and more people discover uh, Monero. I'm not sure if she's into crypto at all and she just tweeted Monero is the only privacy coin. Yeah, I, d- I tried to.
2: searching her, you know, her Twitter. It wasn't even popping up as mentions of Bitcoin, but it could just because I just started following her or something. So it's not like loading correctly because I can't imagine she hasn't been talking about Bitcoin. She just starts talking about the hmm But yeah, let's uh, let's get her in the room, guys. Tweet tweet at her. <laughs> I, sent, I sent the tweet out inviting her,
1: Brenna, Brenna Sparks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna comment after as so well to try to get her in. <laughs> that be <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Monero is, she tweeted, Monero is the only privacy coin. It's got 118 likes so far. If she has 220,000 followers. Not a lot. Um, I think uh, Don Yaka then tweeted they should add Monero to um, Only Coins. Mm. I mean,
1: OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah. I think he tweeted that, yeah.
2: Because like, it's like, it's the perfect use case. It's it's kind of shocking that like it hasn't been added there yet. I know, I know people are talking about like working on, you know, Monero based OnlyFans or something. Yeah, yeah, You, you would think yeah. they would just adopt it though. It just seems like something that would really, you know, help their business, right? Oh. Like people that want to, for the customers too, right? Like they don't, they don't, why would they want to use their, their credit card or some, you know, why wouldn't they opt to use Monero for purposes like that? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I mean, good to that. see, good to see it growing. Monero <laughs> growing. When people need digital cash; they they mention Monero. All right, man, it sounds like you're uh getting your lawn cut. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They decided to come right now.
0: It's All good. It's all good. So, uh, all right. Thank you, okay. Tony, for the news. Really Tony, thank you guys,
2: thank and you we'll so much, We're gonna we're all gonna right. jump in the chat. Jump in the chat. Yeah, okay. We're gonna yep. jump
0: in spaces. Bye, so. guys. All, all right, right. Bye-bye. bye, bye. Bye, guys. Yeah, ready oakley dokali. Um, alright, let's, uh, transition into spaces. Let's do the smooth. transition guys. Do the transition smooth guys.
2: <laughs> you can make it. Yeah. You gotta, let's p- you gotta see. play the intro, the viewers on stage. we yes, got that we'll last that. time. It's the viewers on
0: stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guests a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. Down, my all right, friends, all right. come
2: on down. all right. This is it is up? Can I can I mute over here and
0: start on the other side? Right. uh, yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah.
10: Thanks for
2: hanging with us, guys. Anybody else that wants to jump all up? All right, I'd say that's one of our smoother time. transitions. I think we did it here. All right, we got no sure that requesting. Thanks for hanging with us, guys. Anybody else that wants to jump up? Now's the time. Just request to speak. No what's going on?
12: Yeah, hello. Yeah, nice, to nice in. to be here. I think it's the second time. Last time in. it was something about yeah. taxes and something. If, if I'm not forgotten, uh, yes. yeah, yeah. You read the, the tweet that I sent about uh, when we talked about the Manero and the BCH, and I understand you wanted to go visit the the green side as well.
2: Uh, what do you say? Visit, oh, BCH. Yeah, the, I mean, you know, uh, I'm familiar, we'll I'm familiar Fest, with BCH. Uh, like I, was, I think the two communities uh, or, obviously align very well. Uh, both, both projects are Dash trying to be digital cash. Uh, I'm always impressed when I go to New Hampshire, when I go to Porkfest. Uh, it's like the, the major coins used there at Porkfest are uh, BCH, Dash, and Monero.
12: Yeah, it's a lot there's a lot of things going on um on the BCH. And you, I I sent a tweet to, to Wendy here to talk about maybe you know, how we could meet and stuff like that. And I, I tried to net, I will hope to try to network various community. Uh, the last uh, podcast that BCH had, are we they had all, actually re- all uh, all someone from the Litecoin community ground, and it was, right? uh, it was it was it was it was wonderful was to, to, to listen to how I many things so you actually have in common with coins so you know, may not really be familiar with. Growing. It'd be silly. I if, mean, all you know,
9: you're your into cash, you stealing, you, you to understand say, these ideals, and that's ultimately what you're
2: achieve rooting Achieve the same goal. That's what I said on the go, outside of go, this show. Like like so, like with Monerotopia, you know, the conference you, that we're throwing. I don't know. Uh, It'd be silly if, you know, you're, you're into you
11: digital prefer, cash, uh, you cash, you understand there, right? these ideals, like, and that's ultimately okay, what you're for, for, but
4: like, you, 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 when, you don't at attend day, a conference a like this because, people, you know, like if you, you, you
2: prefer, all of BCH, all of I don't cash, cash, know, uh, Venero, pirate chain or something, or of, you prefer, you know, uh, to cash to Monero, right? It's, it's compelling people. With small, so it's like for us to, what, to divide. it is a small community point. of people. I, I think like if we include all, BCAs, all of BCAs, all of Dash, uh, all of Monero, all of Zcash, all you, you know, know, people that are trying to know, build true data cash, it's not a lot of people. Is, so it's like for us to, to, to divide ourselves at that point, I think it's counterproductive. better to work together and slowly. Co, you know uh, a line uh, as to which protocol uh, is is the one that we should use the most, and it will naturally happen, but in that process there's no reason why we shouldn't all be hanging out. <laughs>
12: Yeah, on that we talked about Monero that it isn't that many that has it, and I was thinking about something. I, if I'm not mistaken here, I think that BCH is now working on, on NFTs. Kaliste uh, Cal, here knows more about that. And if uh, NFTs, we all think about them as pictures and and monkeys and all of that, but what they really are are contracts. And Monero really does privacy very well, and there could be a, something maybe in the future here for definitely a place for Monero into security, into uh, NFTs and that kind of a stuff. So I think we all, we all have to like, get with the times. NFT is about to pop, really, in the next bull run here. And Monero entering the NFT space for real, I haven't really seen that. And the same if uh, BCH does it as well. I mean, that can really push forward. But that could come, that could come for that. an answer to the identity card that is now coming and all of this kind of a stuff. So maybe it's about to, to drop the thinking of about the hype and actually looking at what real problems are and really get with the times of what's coming or what's popular and having our, have our own twist on
9: it. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, M- Monero, obviously I can't
2: speak for all of Monero, uh, but I think it's fair to say that, you know, the vast majority of people in Monero are just most interested in the digital cash use case. Um, so fungibility as opposed to non-fungibility, right? So there there are other projects that are working on NFTs. I guess ultimately it wouldn't be impossible to, you know, uh, Build NF, you know, use NFTs on, on Monero essentially. Uh, but right now the, and for the foreseeable future, Monero is just focused on, on creating that base layer utility of digital cash. Um, and you know, I, I don't, I don't see NFTs really coming into play in Monero anytime soon
12: no that that could be but i think that you should be a little bit open to it i know the secret network has had nfts so still that, that's they still have yeah it. yeah yeah of course so, so is, there is there is a push for it um definitely and i think that that should definitely be looked at yeah
2: i mean if, the, if there's yeah i mean if, the, if there's if there's devs out there that are working on that problem that want to you know uh basically develop in that direction by all means um, I'm not opposed to it to seeing more econo- economic See more activity economic activity economic, I keep getting a keep an an get... echo whenever Callista I think you got you gotta mute yourself or something you got something going on there Khaleesi, you, you want yeah it oh, seems sorry. like every, it
6: seems like every time I unmute there's an echo because of I don't know Twitter space is always glitchy for me but I wanted to say um I I mean, I honestly see BCH and and XMR as as very synergistic. You know, we both have a very uh, clear goal on on the whole peer-to-peer digital cash aspect. And Monero does the whole privacy thing exceedingly well. I I don't know of any better privacy coin than Monero. Um, And and total privacy is not BCH's focus. I I think actually the the transparency of of Bitcoin-like chains and then the total privacy of Monero um, actually kind of uh go in opposite directions right um that like so we have our our whole optional privacy with cash fusion and for a lot of purposes that's that's like good enough privacy but when you really need that super hardcore privacy there's there's just no competitor to monero um i and to my in my view it actually doesn't necessarily make sense for monero to adopt like nfts and whatnot because it's just kind of outside of the mission like you guys do one thing like super duper well better than everyone else and, and so I I really see future synergy where it's like I don't think we're gonna have like a, a one coin world, right? Like I honestly think like BCH and Monero will be like number one and number two. Uh whatever order you put that in it doesn't really matter. I think those will be two of the top used cryptos in the future.
2: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you in terms of uh Monero staying focused on the mission of just being, you know, private fungible digital cash. Um and yeah, as opposed to what, what other cryptos, you know, when the, the other use cases, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we, we talked about this a lot, uh, with the BSV guys. I was surprised to learn how, how much the BSV community and project is really embraces the, the transparency of Bitcoin. I know, I know it's like they see that as as a feature but to the point where the the ramifications of surveillance and things like that they 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 ethically see almost as uh, as a good thing um, they're ultimately okay with the fact that governments will have the ability to use this database that's permanently saved uh to 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 track and trace everyone's transactions. And I was just surprised to, to learn like, like philosophically that that's where they align. Where does the BCH community fall with that regard? Cause I mean, it's also ultimately a, uh, built on a, on a transparent ledger. Um, but how, how would you say BCH and, and BSB, uh, differ or uh, relate with that in that regard?
6: So, I mean, first off, I, I think, uh, just as far, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we just can't skirt around the fact that, that Bitcoin, BCH, BSV, BTC are all a transparent blockchain. Um, in some cases, I see that as a pro, but I do definitely agree with you that there are huge negatives to just being like an open surveillance coin. Again, that's why BCH has Cash Fusion to, at the very least, uh, break the chain. Let's see, I buy some, uh, bch off of coinbase or something and i transfer it to my wallet self-custody then uh, obviously coinbase now has knowledge of my government id linked to that address so what i need to do is run it through cash fusion so that 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 link is obfuscated and broken and obviously not as good as like monero and its ring signatures um but but i think that that's a trade-off you know sometimes i think uh having total auditability for say like um a donation drive or or uh, some kind of organization that, that you're keenly interested in. Yeah, I know Monero's got the view keys, but I think that there's a certain amount of power to just anybody being able to look up an organization of their interest if that organization makes that data available. Cause again, they could be, um, obfuscating their own accounting and whatnot. And I know when you were, uh, talking to Kurt the other day, um, on the, on the other Monero space, um, you brought out, well, you know, you, you do have that option on Monero. I just think, um, it's, uh, I guess, optional transparency versus optional privacy. Like, they, they, they just both have pros and cons.
2: Yeah, and, and ultimately I think it comes down to, uh, you know, an ethical argument, right? So it's like we, we, we especially here in America and free and open societies, we expect that the, the default is that governments need to ask permission to, to view our data. Uh, not that they can view our data at will. Um, right. So, you know, we have, we have the Fourth Amendment, you know, we have, uh, you know, rights against unlawful searches and seizures. We have the First Amendment. So it's like that, I think that's where Monero Min- better aligns with, with, with those ideals and those philosophies where somebody has to ask you permission to see your transactions as opposed to, um, anybody being able to essentially see them by default.
6: Yeah, see, I suppose on the other hand, it's like, if I give you one of my addresses, um, even, even with like complex chain analysis tools, uh, what's the likelihood that you're actually going to be able to discern my entire history or like find my stash or anything, um, I mean, I guess, uh, from an ethical perspective, a philosophical perspective, um I think a lot of BCHers definitely agree that privacy is super important. And that's why we do have privacy tools that get better over time. Um, that's why we have cash fusion built into the electron cash wallet. And it's as easy as flipping a switch. Um, does BCH yeah. co- community Nicole. think, um,
2: oh, yeah, I'm getting the echo over there. Think that, that Craig Wright, or do some of the BCH community think, think Craig Wright is Satoshi? It's just, but do they? Hell
6: no. Okay. Hell <laughs> no. <dude. laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Um, and then, so when I asked Kurt, you know, was Satoshi, uh, a Cyberpunk or a crypto anarchist, he was sternly like, no. What's, what's kind of the BCH, you know, response to that?
6: Ah, uh, well, nobody really knows who Satoshi is. I mean, there's candidates. I mean, some people don't no, ben- any.
2: Based on what we've seen from Satoshi's writings and, you know, what we know of Satoshi, is it that he was part of this crypto anarchist community or or he was, you know, something else?
6: Yeah, I mean, I personally think Satoshi was a cypherpunk. I think a lot of BCHers would agree with that. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty clear. I mean, you're not going to develop a system like Bitcoin and not be a cypherpunk. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, uh,
2: that's... I agree. What, what what do you think? We brought it up on the show today. We're talking about how, you know, how Finney within, you know, a week of, of using Bitcoin talked about the need for more anonymity. Uh there's that famous I don't know if you've ever seen that that post where Satoshi's talking about um way potential ways in which privacy can be added to Bitcoin, where he effectively describes ring signatures and stealth addresses. Uh do you think it's something that you know, does the BCH community think that it's something that, you know, Satoshi would have wanted to add to BCH or Bitcoin on the, on the protocol level? It's just that, you know, never got around to it or wasn't able to at the time. Or do you think um, Satoshi wanted the, the base layer chain to ultimately be transparent and, you know, obfuscation would ha- happen in, on other layers?
6: Well, he does describe privacy in the white paper. And, I mean, you do have the basic privacy of, of pseudonymity. I mean, it's not total anonymity. So I, I think Satoshi w- would be aligned with a lot of the ideas that Monero has. Um, I'm not well-versed enough on, like, protocol-level specifics to really say, would we implement it the exact same way on BCH? I'm not exactly sure. But I do know that we have uh, something similar to, like, stealth addresses. We have, like, uh, the reusable payment addresses, where, um, you know, you can send some money to an address, but you're not actually seeing, uh, what address is, is underlying. So, I mean, um, I guess there's that. And, uh, I mean, yeah. So again, cash fusion, which, which is kind of like our main solution to privacy at the moment. So, I mean, I think that those things do align with what Satoshi envisioned. And I think that in the future, there will be even more strides to make Bitcoin more private. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of like my rundown on that. Cool,
2: cool, cool. Snitchy, what's up, Meadow? Don't worry, we'll get to you. Snitchy, what's going on?
3: Hey yo, um, I wanted to uh, reply um, about the optional transparency. Uh, you can have it uh, on Monero. That's uh, the purpose of um, of cryptography. You can hide uh, something, but you can also um, prove of a um, proof or uh, reveal something if you want to uh, be fair etc and uh, this is the main thing uh, i li- i love uh, with monero the anonymity is not uh, optional it's, uh, the uh, it's the transparency it's the transparency hard. so um, it's more fair for people because um, if they if they don't want to give uh, their their data they don't give uh, their view of key and then the, they, uh, they they keep uh, private but uh, at the reverse, if they want to uh, reveal uh, their own transaction, they just need uh, to uh, give uh, their view uh, keys, and uh, it's done. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, no, that's. Uh... At least he was basically saying that, and we were talking you know on a philosophical level like you know which which is more appropriate you know uh default privacy and opting into transparency or default transparency and people using privacy at will and I, obviously I align with with the banero philosophy on that um and I like I was saying I think it aligns with you know some of the core ideals of free and open societies that you know, something like a government effectively has to ask you
4: permission to, to view into, you know, to your transactions. Uh, Meta, go ahead, man. Yeah. What's up, man? How are you? Um, yeah. I was just going to say that
11: uh, I don't know that there's a lot of good evidence for um, uh, suggesting that, you know, Satoshi and how kind of had the same vision um, I think you know how was obviously a great cryptographer, and so it it, it would make sense that he was very um, i don 't know focused on on you know privacy or inherent privacy in in money um but there are at least some indications that you know satoshi wasn't you know in particular um seeking that as like the primary goal i mean to me it it seemed like he was you know, really trying to solve for the peer to peer electronic cash um, for specific use cases. And there are even um, specific posts where he, you know, says, you know, we don't want to lead with an anonymity, anonymity. And, uh, you know, someone had meant th- this was in a thread where someone had mentioned, you know, that Bitcoin was a currency. Um, an energy currency uh, that was outside the reach of any government. And he said, he said, I'm certainly not, uh, sorry, if you hear in the background, my kid's playing Fortnite. Um, <laughs> he said uh, that basically he's, he's not making such an ass- uh, um, such a statement. Like that's not what he's trying to, to state is that it's uh, outside the reach of any government and he also said in that same thread or in that same comment that we don't want to lead with, um, anonymity. So, um, I'm not saying that it's not important or that he wasn't like at least somewhat, you know, involved, um, in th- those ideas and, and th- didn't think they were important. I just don't think it was like one of the primary things that he was focused on. Um, how a different story, be, you know, given his history as a cryptographer, I think that, you know, it makes sense that he would be concerned about that the most. But I don't think that Hal and Satoshi necessarily had the same um, vision, although Satoshi de- de- definitely depended on, on Hal for a lot of stuff, including development and um, kind of coming up with some of these ideas.
2: Yeah, I mean, and for all we know, they were the same
11: person, right? Um,
2: I know you you probably disagree with that, but well, no, we, yeah, like we,
11: I, I, I think we, that how, I, I don't think how was Satoshi, uh, yeah. unless you, unless you so, posit that he was like purposely trying to, uh, make it, make it seem like he was talking to himself on forums. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that would suggest he is not. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my
2: total response to that would be is, well, I, number one, I disagree in, in, in reading, in my readings of Satoshi, I do think he had these cypherpunk ideals and did want it to be, private and anonymous um you know as possible so that it would, it would ultimately be fungible uh but even if we you know even if we disagree on that doesn't re- doesn't really matter uh because me personally i'm more interested in in the hal version of bitcoin then right so satoshi was a great guy yeah. amazing individual he made the breakthrough uh but then somebody came along and tweaked it that that makes it, you know, uh, more liberty based, and that's the tech I'm more interested in. And you know, does and I think Satoshi Vision people are saying, well, ultimately, uh, you know, Satoshi invented Bitcoin, and that's something more akin to Monero. And they talk about, you know, well wh- wh- you know, why on a fundamental level, uh, it's 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 a uh, basically a, a a truth machine. But I and and why it's inevitable because it was like the one and only and created by the Satoshi. Uh But I don't really I don't really necessarily agree with that. Like, you know, um you know, even if we assume that uh Satoshi vision is, is truly aligned with the ideals of what Satoshi initially wanted, it doesn't mean it's something that, you know, ultimately is best for society. I'm more interested in the in the Monero version. But, you know.
4: Yeah,
11: I, I, and I, I think don't, a, and I, I think that's a reasonable position to take. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that that take. Um, you know, I know some people might want to try to challenge somebody on that. I think, from my perspective, it, it certainly is reasonable. Um, and you know, I I think that my my big interest is really, you know, I, I have my own ideas in what like all this can be used for, but um, I try not to get too tribal on. You know, the, the specific coins, I, I like to, you know, challenge ideas, obviously, including my own and, and those on Satoshi Vision. Um, you know, but there, there are certain things that align better with me. And it's also why I'm more, uh, you know, uh, friendly to the BCH crowd because I, you know, I think that they're doing good things and I think that they have it, essentially we share a lot in common, but we also share the, um, we also don't share some things in common, um, but I don't think that every person is ubiquitous. Like even in the Bitcoin SV camp, uh, not everybody is like, you know, uh, Craig is the end all be all to everything. <laughs> like, like that's kind of a misconception is that everybody in BSV is just like a, you know, a bot on Twitter talking about, you know, you know, the courts and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly. Um, I I I don't have problems with Monero per se, and it it would be it would be a lie to say that I um completely engage and understand it enough to really challenge it um you know from coin to coin um but I I do I do focus more on like the philosophical ideas and um in where I disagree there because I I think that that's kind of more my forte is you know talking about these philosophical ideas and then relating them back to technology. Good stuff. Good what do you think
5: more? about
9: Go Satoshi? Ahead.
5: What do you think about Satoshi piecing out of his own project? Like lots of founders are well known; um, people know who they are. and They stuck with their project. So why did Satoshi leave his own project at what seemed to be a critical moment in time? Um,
11: I mean, I've, I've got a theory
6: there. on that actually. Um, so I don't know how many people have have heard about this idea. I saw an article recently that suggests that a man named Paul Larue was Satoshi, who was actually, like, this mega criminal mastermind responsible for, like, all of the pharma spam that you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> um, but the timeline on that actually kind of uh, matches where um, he was getting arrested by the DEA at around the same time that Satoshi disappeared. And it's a really interesting theory to me. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to say that this dude was Satoshi, but it is definitely the most interesting suggestion that I've seen to date. And I know a lot of people definitely disagree with that, but I just think it's interesting.
5: Yeah. So if that, that was true, it, wouldn't you have expected him to, like, slowly, or, sorry, wouldn't you have, like, seen an immediate and kind of sudden cutoff? Because it didn't seem like Satoshi was kind of like, hey, I think I'm going to leave, you know, I'm taking off. But then he still kind of, like, was trailingly commenting. So if he had been arrested, wouldn't it have just been, like, a hard cutoff?
6: Yeah, I mean, probably. So that's why I think that there's there's definitely holes to the story. I was just throwing that out there, because I think it's really interesting And as far as, like, You know, it's probably not Hal that'd be like stupid for Hal to out himself like that. And it's probably not like Adam Back or anyone like that. So I don't know. Uh,
5: but it's it's just theory. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I want to hear that one too. Why why is it not Adam Back? I I really don't know. I'm not, I'm not partial to that, but, um, I do kind of like that idea that it might. Well, let me, let me rephrase. I hope it's not Adam Back. I really don't want it to be Adam Back, but it seems like there's a lot of stuff that lines up. So what's the case against that?
11: Well, I think one of the main cases is the fact that we have a forum post that uh where he's introducing himself in kind of a green way to the Bitcoin community. Like it's it's a uh, we literally I mean, I could post it in the nest. So I'd have to go find it really quick on my phone. But the uh yeah, I mean, we have his like intro to Bitcoin like, hey, I'm the hash cash guy, blah, blah, blah. And, you know. It's, I mean, yeah, certainly you could posit the theory that it was just him trying to create some, you know, confusion and, and not say he's Satoshi. So I think that you could say that, but there's a, there's a lot of, um, a lot of things that point to it. One of that, that's included, but not only that, like, uh, he, he was casually mentioned in the white paper. Um, but the idea of, um, you know, the cryptographic proof or proof of work wasn't really originated just from, like, Adam Back. Like, he depended on um, – there were two other people that had uh, actually come up with the concept and um, try to implement it as a spam filter um, early on. And uh, I, I think that he just benefited from a casual mention. No, I shouldn't say casual. Um, he benefited from being mentioned in the white paper. And then, you know, I mean, the guy goes and works for – Blockstream, and is like hanging out with like the tether executives. Like I, I just, I don't, I, I don't see this guy being, um, not because of that, but I just don't see him based on like what I've seen him, the prob, probability of him being Satoshi, and he's even said it himself. Um, he tries to sometimes, kind of make it, uh, confusing to people, or, or at least not suggest it, like he will kinda of stay neutral to it, but there have been times on Twitter at least where he's like, nah, I'm not Satoshi. But my, my theory my theory that fits my bias, um, admittedly, um, so it could be definitely wrong. It's just more if it, it fits into my bias is that I think Satoshi was getting heat. Uh I think that there was heat coming from all angles um with the WikiLeaks stuff. Uh, the government, like all of that. And I just, I think that some people were just trying to bounce out, um, without being, you know, I mean, his, the person or persons who were Satoshi were, were the, were the people behind the name. And, and for all intents and purposes, when the government started really tracking this stuff, um, with chain analysis, which that's how it's got its origin is, is, you know, supporting law enforcement to uh, track down um, people like DPR and all that. Um, I, I just I think that their heat came and they needed some sort of way to detach themselves from it um, for some time. So uh, that, that's my opinion.
5: Yeah, that's kind of the one thing that I would maybe push back on a little bit because we have lots of founders that are known and there was lots of developers in bitcoin that their name was known like Hal Finney was known from the very beginning. So it's kind of like it was Satoshi ever in any real danger there? Uh, it's hard it's hard to believe that he was. Now, yeah, maybe he perceived that he was, but I still I just don't buy that that one aspect.
11: Okay, I get I, on I, on I it? I think that's fair. That's a fair counterpoint and I I wouldn't know like I it, it could be he was maybe, Hal was maybe distanced enough from it that he didn't think he was, you know, going to be affected. But, yeah, it's a fair point.
2: Do you guys think Satoshi was involved in the creation of uh CryptoNote? CryptoNote?
13: Ooh, y'all ready for me? I got some opinions on it. I feel like the last person hit it on the point. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, you know, the reason why I say this is I'm about to start with developers that had patents on blockchain. Like, since, like, 1998, 1990. So the first developer that comes to my mind is uh, David Schwartz. I agree it's a group of people. And that second person that comes to my mind is Brittle and Maccalfe. So now I feel like as the person had different opinions of how it should be. So I feel like but how it separated, meaning, like, how it went up so high then went down so low. Meaning like the the developers, I think, that are staying in it for the long term, the government already knows about them and they probably got clearance to make their own projects, maybe like Stellar and uh, XRP or whatever. And then it's probably some people that will say we need privacy for the people. You know what I'm saying? And then those developers, the government might not, not like that per se because they don't want. They want the CBD to, I think, r- rule over everything.
11: So, what's your opinions on that? I think, uh, all people, the Bitcoin forks would probably disagree with that. I, I, there's been some cases where I don't, I don't know that David Shorts, like, fully understands the Bitcoin, like, vision from even the BTC maxi side. So, um I've heard that theory before, but I, I just, I don't know, I don't know what the evidence is that they do. Okay, the only reason why I elaborate on David Schwartz and XRP is
13: because everybody knows those are the two blockchains right now are that that are fully private. You can see the transactions in and out. So now I, I want to say them developers all had different use cases for the first thing, which is Bitcoin. So I think as developers and as a group, they probably say, look, we go use this Bitcoin and try to get different nations to use it. So when their payment and the dollar collapse, they're going to have alternatives. So I feel like Bitcoin is transparent because I feel like the government wants to see what's going in and out. And I feel like certain privacy chains, maybe like Monero, like I feel like I might be wrong on this, but if I'm not mistaken, I heard, uh, one of the developers from Monero, uh, came from the Bitcoin, uh, yeah, I'm double so, yeah, we, as well. yeah, uh, we have
5: definitely a lot of people did come from, uh, the Bitcoin. Community uh, that crossed over into Monero. In fact, I'd say probably most of the developers were were into Bitcoin um, early on. So, um, although sometimes uh, a few of them actually just went straight to Monero, like they got into crypto and they're like, "Oh, interesting," like, and I'm just gonna go work on Monero. And they never actually like made that stop at Bitcoin.
13: Yeah, I totally agree with that part too.
5: You know, with the with regards to the CBDC, I have. Um It's not really a theory. It's maybe a, a speculation. It might be the case that the United States government doesn't – that they might never actually release a CBDC. It might be more the case that they're going to try and keep this sort of public-private partnership, kind of like how we have the Federal Reserve and that's sort of quasi – um, nice. it's quasi-official, quasi-governmental. But then the banks are actually the ones that print the most amount of money. Um, so there's like this kind of uh, public-private partnership. So I wonder if they might just release a bunch of regulations where, where it's like these banks can now start using stable coins and then they can keep some kind of amount of reserves with the federal reserve that, that might even be specifically tagged for stable coins. Now there was a really interesting development that happened the past week or so where, um, have you all, hopefully all heard of BlackRock? Uh, they're like a huge, Investment firm, a huge, like they're they're massively influential across the financial sector and, and a bunch of other things. So Fidelity and BlackRock own Circle and Circle is the issuer of USDC. Now what BlackRock is trying to do is they're, they're trying to shift a significant portion of their funds into reverse repos. Reverse repos are basically institutions that put money with the Federal Reserve overnight and essentially they get like the federal funds rate interest rate, a little bit less than that. But um, it's like a way of directly parking money with the Federal Reserve and actually like having reserves there. And so if BlackRock gets approved to put a bunch of money into reverse repos while they're simultaneously offering USDC, it's almost like a backdoor way for anyone to be able to put money um, with the Federal Reserve. It's kind of like a backdoor way that you might see a quasi uh, CBDC. And, like, because, you know, a- anyone in the world can use USDC right now. So, hypothetically, if they were backing US USDC with reverse repos, that's, like, that's really close to a quasi-stable, sorry, a quasi-CBDC um CBDC without technically being labeled a CBDC. And, like, there's some financial institutions that are concerned. You know, the official tradfi is like, oh, no, this might be terrible. Um But I think it could be really
2: interesting. And so do you think the, the U.S. government would then step in and... You know, there'd be congressional hearings regarding whether or not this thing
5: is like turning into a, a Fed coin. Yeah, honestly, I really don't know. It's So it seemed like there were some people that didn't like that. I would imagine there's got to be people in the United States government that want that to happen. Um, maybe it'll end up being some kind of court case or maybe the regulatory permission for them to keep money um, Parked with the Federal Reserve in, in reverse repos, maybe they'll just like they won't grant that, or then maybe, I mean, who knows, right? But it's it's interesting because for many months now, uh, really for the last year, my my hypothesis has been that probably the United States government will take years and years, if ever, to get a CBDC, but that they'll they'll relegate it to the private sector in some kind of fashion, and it'll effectively be the same thing. Um, so there, I bet you there will be a huge um, debate at some point over how they're going to do this or whether it's allowed and how that how that ends i really don't know bsv bcash people
2: uh i, I yeah i wanted to hear your guys opinion do you do you guys think satoshi was involved in creating the cryptonote protocol which you know that's that's what Monero is is built on is built on just curious bsv people your thoughts on that did satoshi work on
6: cryptonote
11: I don't, uh, have an opinion on it. I don't, I don't
6: know. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, to, to be clear, <laughs> don't think uh,
11: so me personally.
6: uh to, to be clear, uh, we, we on the VCH side tend to not really want to be affiliated with the BSV people. They went and forked and did their own thing. So just to throw that out there. Um, I actually had never heard of CryptoNote until you just mentioned it now, but I did a quick Google on it while other people were talking. And, um, I think given the fact that it's, uh, like a, not an anonymous creator and whatnot, would, would kind of steer me toward no, but I mean, without really you knowing like what a, crypto it is,
2: is it an? It, it is an anonymous it, uh, creator. It's Nicholas
4: Van it's, Saberhagen.
6: Oh, okay. so That doesn't sound like an anon name to me, but I guess that that really just shows how much I know.
4: <laughs> didn't it start as
13: Bitcoin or something? That sounds a little familiar. So, when did it become private? Like, uh when did the Monero, I guess, come into play? Out of curiosity. With, uh, private, uh, anonymity in the protocols.
5: Monero was always created with the goal of being private. Um, yeah, no, when did quite it come? Oh, uh, 2014. That was the, that was when the crypto protocol was. So there was actually, there was Bytecoin. Um,
9: and basically okay.
5: Monero did a code fork off of Bytecoin. And uh, then there was, like, BitMonero, and then there was, like, some drama with that. Ultimately, it just became Monero, and it was a code fork of the original CryptoNote protocol. And at first, there was things like you could optionally choose how many ring members, right, how many decoys you use in a transaction. Um, the way that we obfuscated amounts was different. It's taken a number of years to actually mature the Monero protocol uh, with all the research that goes into that to understand what is actually required to have reasonably high confidence that, in fact, the average transaction is is private. And then there's one more interesting or one more thing that, that I think is very important when we talk about privacy, and that is fungibility, because fungibility isn't – you don't have fungibility over some of your outputs, but then not fungibility over other outputs. Fungibility is an aggregate property of the network, and it has to be conferred like in in total across the entire network. So you can get privacy on Bitcoin Cash or or Bitcoin or, or or any of these protocols. You can find a way to get yourself additional privacy and anonymity. But that doesn't confer fungibility unless it's rendered across the entire network. Because otherwise, you can still see that a transaction went through an optional mixer. You can still see a deterministic transaction graph. And if you're running a lot of nodes, if you like chain analysis and you're watching the network, you can probably see where the IP address or the origination IP address came from. So it's like you can get privacy, but fungibility has to be conferred across the whole network, which was an important factor in why Monero decided to go with default privacy.
8: Uh, Quick, quick, quick answer uh, to the question at the uh, top of the show here. It says, who was Satoshi? Let me give you my thoughts on who Satoshi is. Personally, I think I think Satoshi was a CIA agent that went rogue. Personally,
13: yes, yes. I-
8: I really do. I truly believe that. And I think it was I think a, a CIA agent that went rogue basically was giving the middle fingers to its employer saying, fuck you. Hell yeah. I'm going to I'm going to create a system that's going to supersede George and you're not going to be able to stop it no matter what, because these nodes are going to run all over the world and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. So I, be, I believe personally, that's just me, though. I believe personally it was a CIA agent that went rogue. That's just me. So I'm not yeah, going to say your yeah, no yeah.
13: names on that part. Like, I agree exactly with everything you said on that. So Probably I mean, a- NSA. NSA, I would say, not CIA. but So y'all I see who the government goes after for taxes and this and that. And then you see how certain people took the time out their day to say how it's going to be free and everybody's going to use it. So like some of the people that might have been listening to me talking about how I got into it, y'all probably know who I think it is, and I'll leave it on that.
8: Yeah, because I've read I've read like articles and, and this is just me, I could be wrong. But correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Satoshi Nakamoto mean in Japanese central intelligence agency? Bitcoin. I could be wrong. Bitcoin. <laughs> All
11: right, let
13: me
8: I could you. be wrong. I could you. be wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm just saying, does not Satoshi Nakamoto mean in Japanese, Central Intelligent Agency? I'm just saying. No, I mean, I the answer so now. I could be it's wrong. I could be wrong. It's
4: supposed to be the most common name in Japanese, like John Smith.
8: But, that's just my thought, folks. I mean, hey, I could be wrong, you know, Hal Finney or Craig Wright or, you know, Doug being freaking Satoshi. Not Craig. I mean, it it is what it is. I really don't give a damn who Satoshi is at this point. Yeah, let's not point
13: names and make it hotter for their purpose because they did a good thing by getting us onto this.
8: I personally don't care who Satoshi is. I could really care less. But what they created was amazing. And then it gave way to other cryptocurrencies like Monero, which we have currently, you know, and things like that. So we'll see how this goes. I mean, I don't care if Satoshi ever reveals himself or herself. It doesn't really matter to me personally. But if they do decide to come out, great. Or maybe they're dead. Who the hell knows?
5: Okay, so I just asked ChatGPT what Satoshi and what Nakamoto means. So Chat GPT says that uh, it's a given name derived from the characters Sato, which means helpful, and she, which means wise. Uh, so it's often translated as wise helper. And then Nakamoto is a surname um, derived from uh, kanji characters, which means Naka meaning inside and Moto meaning origin. So it's often translated as inner origin. So putting it all together, technically, other than just being a very common Japanese name, uh, would be wise helper inner origin. The start
13: of Help, maybe you could make it. a seed
5: phrase out of that. My next seed phrase is going to have wise helper inner origin. <laughs>
6: Uh, so I want to go back to the point that Doug was making a little while ago about uh, fungibility in terms of privacy uh, and how, yes, BCH has privacy, but with that full transparency, is it still fungible? Actually, uh, there is a Monero guy named Rucknium who uh, crosses the fence occasionally. He's actually been doing a lot of privacy research for BCH, and in fact, he's got a bounty out there for BCH to XMR uh, atomic swaps. Uh, anyway, he published a research article titled 94% of all Bitcoin cash transactions since July 2020 is now a descendant of a cash fusion transaction. And he basically, I mean, I can, I can link this article and uh, maybe tweet it to the space. Um, but he's basically saying that because so much BCH has actually gone through cash fusion, that the fungibility issues is actually not a problem, statistically proven. Um, he has the Cash Fusion Red Team, where where he does more statistical analysis along that. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there for anybody who is interested in hearing about it.
5: That's yeah. great information, man. Thank you. Great great info.
2: I've been trying to get Rucknium to do a Monero talk, but, uh, you know, he's, he's trying
13: to stay uh, anonymous as much as possible. So about the fungibility, uh, a question uh, a lot of people might know since we got a lot of people in here. Uh So, is anything built underneath the Monero fork? Does that mean that it's fungible? Fung? Does it have fungibility? I guess because it's built as a Monero fork, or well, only the developers probably know that. Um, it's it's more so that because the transactions are all uniform,
5: you so there's not a deterministic transaction graph. So, for example, in Bitcoin, you have UTXO, you spend the UTXO, it goes to another output. Right, that's a deterministic transaction graph. You know exactly which addresses each transaction is coming from. In Monero, you have a bunch of decoy transactions or sorry, decoy outputs in every single transaction. What it means is that all of the transactions look the same. You don't know which transaction, you don't know which output is being used in any given transaction. So the transaction graph is non deterministic. And because the transaction uniformity is very high. You really just can't distinguish one transaction from another in Monero, except for some very, very side-edge cases, like if you're an exchange or you're an exchange that's sending funds to someone, okay, you might know the transactions that you sent. But overall, fungibility just means that you're not able to distinguish a difference from one transaction to another. They all look the same. Uh, that's really cool with Bcash, uh, and I, I don't say that pejoratively. Sorry, I, I don't mean to... I'm trying to
6: reclaim it as a positive, you know?
5: (laughs) Right on. Yeah, that's what, that's really what they, like it it rolls off the tongue. Like it's, it's just better, it's better marketing, if you ask me.
6: Yeah, Um, I never
5: understood why it was seen as a pejorative, Bcash.
6: Well, I can actually explain that one too. So, I mean, back during the block size war, um, it it became an SEO issue where the small blockers, like, were like, Oh yeah, everyone just call it Bcash, but then they would take over website, like they would set up these websites. Uh, that like have Bcash all over them to hijack it for SEO and then it'll have all this content like Bcash is a scam, stay away, blah, 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 re, Roger Vera, all that kind of crap. So that's why it's, it's actually like, uh, there, there's still remnants of this today. I try to interact with, um, BTC people in my, in my actual city and, and they don't actually realize that history and they still just call it Bcash, not knowing the, the fact that, that all of this has happened with the box size words, this, just sheer propaganda, the censorship, everything. And, and it is actually kinda of traumatizing for a lot of the people who were around at that point and I'm I'm starting to kinda of pick up some of that heat myself now that I'm trying to get the BTC people to realize that they've all effect- effectively been conned. Um and, and they don't like hearing that. So they even DDoS but, but really uh, it just has everything to do with uh the hijacking of the name. They
11: even DDoSed uh what was it the um
4: the bitcoin yeah, XC. Yeah,
11: x yeah yeah bitcoin xc yeah so they 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 ddosed them like it was like a whole a whole ordeal and i like think a lot of people want to assume that um on the btc side like it was just all people protecting you know like the 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 um the investors or all this stuff but it it was very um Nefarious how things kind of played out, like the suppression on forums, you couldn't even discuss it. You know, you got banned. Um, so there was like no open conversation. I mean, they essentially acted like commies and, uh, while at the same time promoting this, you know, kind of anarcho capitalist supposed vision they had. Um, but they, they really used, um, you know, the social consensus and (laughs) to, to try to uh, suppress any conversation, which I think should be had. Uh, with
6: with any wow. technology. Yeah, so it was a a really nasty time in Bitcoin history. Um, but nowadays, I mean, I'm I'm over here on my Twitter. I'm over here saying I've got my my Bcash Twitter hangout that I'm doing. My my Twitter space. Um, Douglas uh, or any other Monero guys, you're you're welcome on to chat with us as well. Um, but you know, B cash will be cash. That's, that's the new way here in 2023. So we're trying not to let these petty insults get us down because we've just been building for so long and we're really excited about what, what the future looks like.
5: One thing I would say about the phrase Bcash, cash, the people that don't really know about that, they just use the phrase and they're like, they're not aware that it was taken pejoratively. And so one mistake that I saw the cash community make was kind of um, be very reactionary to that because it's like, wait, why are you like, why are you yelling at me now? Uh, I I didn't I didn't know any of that. Right. Um, and, and so it's it kind of rubs people the wrong way. So it's really just better. Like you said, reclaim that word for like, you know, be cash will be cash. Um, that's like in a social sense that you're better off going that direction um, than like continuing to try and, and push that fight. And you can still like some at the same time. You can still say, "Hey, we are Bitcoin. You know, we're B Cash, but we are real Bitcoin." The other Bitcoin, you know, left the the original idea, and you you can still say both of those simultaneously. I, I do understand um, during like during the block size wars and during the and the years that followed after the fork that there's kind of like this linguistic battle, right? Like, who is the real Bitcoin? You don't want to cede that territory of being Bitcoin um, or Bitcoin Cash you don't want to cede that territory without a fight to the other side so it makes it makes a lot of sense um but this far after the fact yeah i think like you're saying that's a that's a better vector to go it's just like take that word and just own it and and just use it for a positive
11: yeah i mean i I'd, I'd encourage people just to look at the possible uh you know capture of bitcoin and why why that might have happened um you had all these things come out of like blockstream and you you go and you, you pull those threads a little bit and you see it leads up to things like d c g um um digital currency group and then you know fifty percent of masterCard owns digital currency group and then they created all these layers and systems around um bitcoin uh to essentially facilitate you know capturing some sort of commerce and mar- marketplace outside of out like off chain to um Kind of create this whole thing. Um, and, and really it's that, that's what started like all the alt coins and Ethereum, you know, started with that idea in mind that, you know, you could do more with the blockchain than just, um, you know, track, transact in cash and you, you started having all these breakthroughs. So I don't think that the history is, is as clean cut as people make it seem like, you know, Bitcoin cash, um, you know, they, they deal uh, with a lot of the the same criticisms, albeit for different reasons, um, uh, that me as a BSVer deal with. And again, I'm not trying to associate the two, um, cause we're, they, they definitely do not agree with Bitcoin SV, um, in its existence, uh, or at least as a concept for Bitcoin. Um, but the point being is that, uh, they like the claim to Bitcoin is, is, in, is, is, like a free market, like this idea that we don't want to confuse people is, is complete bullshit. Like no one, no one is here to give charity. No one here is, is to, to force people into the opinions. Like either Bitcoin has a definition or it doesn't. Um, and what that means to somebody will depend on their own research and what they've come to the conclusion of. Um, but I happen to think that. The reason why the consensus mechanism where we went to this democratic kind of vote with full nodes, um, you know, to do things, uh, came about was partly to, um, limit how much Bitcoin can do in terms of competing with Visa and MasterCard and also, um, maybe prevent, um, uh, you know, Huge, like, it, it could have been a a, a a way to stop the vector of uh, Satoshi coming back and like selling his coins. Um so like there, there's a whole, there's a whole history there um, that I encourage people to look at, um than rather just accept like what you hear that's popular on Twitter. Good yeah. time to plug
6: the, uh, the Who Killed Bitcoin documentary. Uh, it's on YouTube and it's also on Odyssey and it, it talks about a lot of the stuff in, in the history and, and uh, who, well, who killed Bitcoin, who co-opted it, DCG and MasterCard and
13: all
11: of yeah, that. Yeah, it's a great documentary. I, walked to, I watched
6: that. All um, good points. Aeon, uh, go ahead, man.
12: I have a question for, for Monero oh, hold here. On.
2: Hold up, hold up. I just want Aeon to jump in, then we'll, we'll continue.
7: You hey guys, good talks. Good points. I wanted to jump in about one of the privacy comments about DCH and how like 97% have been uh, put through the mixer, the and the mixture they use, but when I hear that, I'm like, all right, well, that just shows that you can identify what's being mixed and what's not. And so therefore you're losing fungibility where in relation to Monero, there's no distinction between UTXOs. And that's really the crucial part. It would, as soon as you can make a distinction between UTXOs, you've lost, you've already lost, you know, a rung on that fungibility and privacy um, aspect. And the way I see it is threat models, like sure, can, someone might use BCH. For some, you know, some that want to be a little bit private or lightning network. But when your threat model is like life or death, people are going to be using Monero. And that's why you see Monero taking over dark net markets and places where privacy is, you know, people have the most skin in the game in those areas. And that's where you see Monero taking off. And I could, I could go on a whole lot about the whole Bitcoin, BSD, BCH history. Cause I lived it. I've been in this space. I lived it. And so. But just the privacy stuff Is more interesting to me these days
2: Yeah yeah I mean It it was the the Bitcoin cash Fork uh, That really really pushed me over into Monero more than I, more than I already was. Um, that's when I became kind of most, I was, I was already interested in Monero. Uh, but when I saw the, the fork happening in Bitcoin and, uh, what appeared to be like, you know, Bitcoin getting, getting co-opted and and what it became, you know, what the direction changing in in BTC, uh, just trying to be number go up, um, digital gold. That's it, it. all that kind of pushed me more uh, into Monero at that time.
6: And on the note about yeah. fungibility also, uh, I mean, it just comes to a point where if so much of the BCH has already been fused and, and so like, let's say Coinbase doesn't want to allow me to send uh, my fused BCH to uh, a Coinbase address, right? Um, if, if the majority of BCH is fused, then that just means that they're not going to accept any BCH. And that's just kind of, like, how is that realistic?
4: I think they you already did. dropped BCH.
6: That, that's not true, actually. It was just only the Coinbase wallet app, not the exchange. Uh,
7: well, they would just it. Didn't Craig Wright, I, the I Craig Wright? White Wright white white BCH. BCH. I like Craig Wright
6: made BCH. I didn't quite catch it. Did you say Craig Wright created BCH? That's also not true. But, well, um, if it, anybody would change, be credited with that. section. No, no, he didn't. He
4: didn't. Uh, he, I had I had he, uh, Craig Wright and and Roger Bear on the show right after BCH had forked and, uh, I think he was claiming that in-chain was responsible for BCH at that time. What, well, yeah, well,
11: so I think that there was, uh, uh, the, I mean, essentially everything that came from BCH, BC, BSV came from BCH, so we forked off BCH, um, uh, for several reasons, but, uh, so he was definitely involved, but like in terms of just being the, you know, initial, creator of
4: BCH. I don't know that you could say that well, one person was. No, not the initial creator. The company that he was working with in chain was supposedly the one that launched BCH. That's, uh, Roger, I got a hold of Roger and Roger had Craig come on our show. It was the crypto show back then. And, you know, that's what he was saying. Then I had him on again after BSV after him and Roger had uh, broke up And uh, we were asking if Dan Kleinman was Satoshi, and he he played it off like Dan Kleinman was just a flunky that worked for him who helped him mine Bitcoin. And that's where all of the coins came from that were in the Tulip Trust.
11: Oh, you mean Dave Kleinman? Yes. Yeah, so Craig Wright was definitely... Involved, I don't know the history of N-Chain and BCH. I don't know what the relationship would be other than like mining it and, you know, setting it, setting it all up. So I'd have to look at it, but, um, I mean, there's no doubt that Craig has been involved for a very long time. Um, even if, you know, you don't like him or uh, think that he's, you know, fake Toshi or whatever. Um, it's, it's pretty obvious that he's been around for a long time and, um, knows something about bitcoin <laughs> so it's i mean i'm not saying that he's satoshi or not i'm just saying that you know there there are because of the reactions to him and him you know the court cases and all this stuff you know the negative reactions which you know i understand completely um a lot of people uh just completely dismiss the idea that he was even like remotely involved in anything. Like important and I just, I don't, I don't think that that's uh, a reasonable position to take given, you know, what we do know.
4: Like, like the whole, yeah, I, I, dropped that
11: out of I comments. He didn't come out as like Satoshi like one day and just say, Hey, by the way guys, I'm Satoshi. Like it all started with like the Gizmodo um, article, um, that did all this digging and then, you know, they, they outed him and then all of a sudden he came out and it just created this like flurry of, you mm-hmm. know, News articles, and then everybody started attacking, um, and it just it kind of went on from there. So even the idea that like he just came out and said, "Hey, by the way, I'm Satoshi," is not true, because he was doing conferences before that Gizmodo ar- article. You know, him being Satoshi, he was talking to um, uh, not Gavin Andresen, I can't remember the <laughs> other guy, but there was a conversation they had. I think it was, No, it was Matonis. Uh, it was like it was That's, like a panel. I mean, um, that he was, a he was virtually on and he was talking oh, okay. to, uh, gosh, Mike Kern. No, it wasn't Mike Kern. Cause Mike Kern had, had already been gone Garzik. to the other guy. Garzik? Huh? Jeff Garzik. Gosh, someone's going to have to DM me and remind me who the hell it was. Uh, but it, I'll find it. But he basically was not arguing with them, but he said that it was Turing complete, like Bitcoin was Turing complete. And um, I, and then. I think it was Nick, Nick yeah, Zabos, Zabos, right? Nico. Was it yeah. Nick Zabos? Yeah. Yep, that was him. And so, like, that was a time when he could have said, oh, by the way, I'm Satoshi. Like, I know this stuff or whatever. He didn't. Um So, uh and he also, you know, kind of debated with Nick Sabo on the Turing completeness of, like, Bitcoin script and all that. and. He just didn't agree with them. Nick Sabo did. He kind of did say he was Satoshi, though, in that talk. He kind of like alluded to it, I remember.
2: I don't know. It was a long time ago when I watched yeah. that. I'm pretty sure he, he kind of made references.
5: Um, Bonnie, what did you put up here in the nest? What is this? Oh, we were talking about uh, how Bitcoin was co-opted. And um, about a year ago, I wanted to look in for myself to see, okay, what are what's the origins of Blockstream? I had heard a lot from the Bitcoin Cash people about, you know, AXA and MasterCard and those connections. But the reality is that that was like a Series B or some like second, third, fourth round of funding where AXA got involved. So I went to the Blockstream website to see who they said was their seed capital. And your seed capital is the initial inputs to start the company. So... When you go and you look and you see who is the seed capital for Blockstream, it's like it's a superstar subset of the people that laid out the surveillance infrastructure of our generation on the Internet. Um So, like, you've got Max Levchin. You've got literal Bilderberg members, World Economic Forum, Microsoft board members, Google CEO. Uh So, I mean, it's like you look at that and it's just like, holy crap. So, I don't know. It's just something I wanted uh Wanted to share with uh, our Bcash friends because y'all, it's a meme y'all might be able to use to help get, um, to help educate people on who Blockstream really came from. Because until I looked into it for myself about a year ago, um, I only kind of had, I was only going off what I had heard from the Bitcoin Cash community. And while I thought, yeah, that's not good that AXA is involved there, I was kind of like, yeah, but they're also like downstream and they're probably just trying to get their grubby fingers in it. So originally I didn't really look at Blockstream as being nefarious. I thought that was an overblown thing. Um but then looking into it for myself, this is what I found. And so I just thought maybe uh maybe it's a useful meme or piece of information for you guys.
11: Yeah. Yeah, there's some other people that did some work in like breaking all that down. Um and you know, a lot of people kind of write it off as just like, you know, people investing, just like you said, just trying to capture some of this um if they can, which I think is reasonable. Um, but I, I doubt that there wasn't any influence from the top. I mean, who stands to who stands to get hurt the most from peer to peer electronic cash that can be transacted globally for, you know, extremely low fees in an instant peer to peer? Like who it, it would it would be uh someone like PayPal, it would be someone like MasterCard or Visa or whatever, right? And so it makes sense and I'm not saying that that's ex that's why they did it. Um that's more conspiracy. But I'm saying that it wouldn't be unreasonable to suggest it as a possibility, um, and and even more with Blockstream, like when you break down, you know, where the money comes from for Bitcoin core developers, which is you know very centralized, and um, you know the bit process is basically completely gate kept. Um, even though people want you to believe that you could just you know put something up in proposal and then it'll it'll get accepted if people like it, like it's gate kept. A lot of the money that flows into Bitcoin Core comes from Blockstream <laughs> Gemini um and other DCG related companies. Um so that to me is also interesting. Um I, I just I dropped in I dropped into
5: the comments in case I, I don't think I said it um clearly. Uh, I dropped into the comments um a list of five names and a screen capture from the Blockstream website. That's it's like Reed Hoffman, Nicholas Bruggen, Eric Schmidt, Max Levchin. So there's a, there's like a meme or a a graphic that I just dropped into the comments that definitely recommend people check out. Can I
2: just say, I mean, look at, look at this room right now. So with uh, Monero, Bitcoin Cash, BSV people just hanging out and talking. It's, it is kind of refreshing um, that we're, we're able to just chill in here and talk. I mean, to step into a BTC room and try to have this conversation, it just wouldn't be had. You'd be booted. You'd be called an idiot, whatever, whatever it is. It, and, it, what I, what I find ironic though about their behavior is it really just shows weakness, right? It just shows that they're, that they're afraid, that they're afraid for, you know, uh, free and open competition to, to take place and they default towards just trying to censor and shut people down. So uh it's nice to
11: see that doesn't happen in these in these communities. What do you hear when like if I don't know how often Monero guys or people go into those spaces, but like what what is their uh their main like retort, I guess, to Monero? If I mean it would seem like it would align with a lot of their like political ideas. So I, I'd be curious to know like what your experience is there.
2: Yeah, so, so main retorts are, uh, you know, BTC is infinity divided by 21 million, right? And so, uh, Monero doesn't have the cap. Uh, the other thing is just this argument that Monero fundamentally isn't perfectly auditable. Uh, and then we argue back and forth on how theoretically Monero is just as audible as Bitcoin is. It's just more abstract. Um, and then I guess another thing. Uh, is, you know, argument that comes up is that, uh, Monero can't scale. There, 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 there's a bunch, um, you know, of, of things that BTC and Monero people go back and forth on. Um, but, you know, they, there, there are those. So there, there's the hardcore BTC maxis that will, like, if they hear the word Monero, they're like, shut up. It's a shit coin. Uh, but I would say, I think, I feel like that, that, uh, culture is, is starting to lose over in Bitcoin land and the, the culture of being Monero curious is becoming more popular. Right? So it's now it's now okay to be a BTC maxi, but to uh be okay with Monero as technology and for purposes of transacting. Uh but ultimately it's trending to zero against Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the one coin to rule them all and it's gonna go to zero. But it's cool, it's okay. If you need to make a private transaction, use Monero.
11: That's kind of the current <laughs> state of Monero and Bitcoin. I was laughing when you said they said that it couldn't yeah. scale. I'm like a BTC Maxi was arguing that.
4: <laughs> you left out DragonX. <laughs>
11: well, yeah,
7: that, when I like that started supporting new. Monero, it was a huge thing because people, you know, attack you and usually use nonsense arguments like, "Oh, everything's going to zero against Bitcoin." So I started. Betty asking, like these maxis to, to bet me. I was like, all right, bet me 0.1 Bitcoin that in five years, Monero will be, you know, lower, like against big Bitcoin lows, made new lows. And none of them. There's only one guy who bet me. And I've been trying to do this for like months. So none of them want to put, you know, skin in the game or money where their mouth is. They just want to repeat narratives that other people have said. And the whole maximalist ideal is just, people repeating, you know, parroting what they've heard other influencers say, and it's just become, you know, mostly nonsense. And when you actually want to debate someone, they don't have anything to go back on. They just will say, oh, it's a shit corn, and that's it. But the, the free market will, will show the winners and losers, as it always does.
2: Yeah, and BTC doubling down on being digital gold is kind of a dangerous move because – you know, if you do start to see something like Monero, uh, really eat into its market share and grow in market cap against Bitcoin or something like, um, Ethereum, you know, uh, gaining a larger market cap than Bitcoin, they, they lose, they lose that meme of being digital gold. And then it's what, what do they have left? So I think that's why they fight back so fearlessly. Because uh, they're very afraid that one day, uh, you know, they may not be the top coin, and if they're not, their entire value proposition kind of falls apart.
8: Well, yeah. hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait a second, Doug. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I can't let you get away with that. I-, I can't let you get away with that. BTC man is a non-fungible it. token. It's a non-fungible token, bro. Just because it loses its status as digital gold does not mean it will lose the status as a non-fungible token. It's fine. What? It's fine. It's a joke, guys. It's a joke. Just relax. Just relax. <laughs> <It's a joke. laughs>
5: okay, Bitcoin is my this. favorite non-fungible
3: token.
8: Exactly. That's what I'm trying to tell Doug. I've been trying to tell him this for months. Look, if they lose digital gold status, they'll just re- just go back down to a non-fungible token asset. It's fine.
5: I don't see the maxis preparing enough at this moment for the inevitable dissolution of some of their narratives. Like Doug was saying, if Ethereum for example gets gains parity with Bitcoin market cap or flips Bitcoin's market cap, like where does their narrative go? Where does their digital gold narrative go? Then you're going to see them do these gymnastics about how like the world economic forum now controls Ethereum and and all this kind of stuff right there but i don't see them preparing enough for that because i don't think they quite realize that this is going to happen it's very likely going to happen the next bull market
7: yeah i think it's likely too just cuz i mean one of my most one of my tweets that had the most involvement was a complete troll against maxis and they didn't even realize i was trolling them and the tweet was bitcoin maximum is, is the idea that value is objective and they all jumped in there and they're like, yeah, yeah, value. And they'd all agreed and it was a complete troll. And they, that's <laughs> that's just, great. It's what, that's what it is. Maximalism of belief, maximism of, of anything, of Monero, BCH, BSE, of anything is the belief that value is objective. You know, it's just that Bitcoin maximalists are the most kind of hardcore and outspoken, but just in general, people I should heard. keep that in mind. I
5: recently had a, a debate with someone and one of the things they kept saying was, you can't discover digital scarcity twice. And it's like, well, hang on a second. Bitcoin is a man-made protocol. And while certainly the cryptography and the math is kind of akin to discovery, it was, you know, money is a social construct and Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency is a man-made thing. It's the application of fundamental ideas, mathematics. So it's not like you're you're not discovering the Bitcoin protocol. You're you're trying to create something that serves a purpose. It's not some immutable law of nature like gravity. You're not <laughs> you're not discovering digital scarcity. It's um, Bitcoin is them... element 0 did don't you hear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just before hydrogen. There is no. But yeah, I've seen them, and especially Sailor like led them down this path to say a bunch of like. Physics combined with economics nonsense that doesn't actually mean anything, but it sounds really cool. So uh, they they've kind of like gone down that path, saying that they're like thermodynamics manifested in, you know, in in the it's reality. Digital, of ener- human. digital energy, bro. It's digital energy.
11: I think that there's at and least the biggest problem with all this is that it's not falsifiable. There's at least some yes, because it, it goes
7: into like religious, religious, and you know, interpretation of it.
11: There are some BTC people that do acknowledge, um, you know, some of the challenges that need to be looked at. Um, and I don't know what the reaction to them is typically. I mean, I know that, like, uh you know, the drive chain guys, um, you know, for example, like are talking about some a, a need for something like a, a side chain to facilitate different types of transactions and all of that. And, and he kind of talks about, Paul kind of talks about a lot of the, um, you know, issues that might be faced, uh, with happenings and a uh, block subsidy being reduced and all that. So there are at least some people out there. I just think that they get drowned out, um, more than anything, you know, in the, in, in the space, especially on Twitter. I mean, uh, Twitter's a very small subset. I think uh, most people who hold any cryptocurrency are just not the Twitter people who are on these spaces talking about cryptocurrency. I mean, you know, they're your, um, They're just regular people who bought it on Robinhood and are holding it and waiting for it to go up. So I I think that we also forget that maybe Twitter is not necessarily a good sample size for what most people believe are holding Bitcoin or whatever.
5: Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, And usually when I talk to someone that's at a developer level uh, that would consider themselves a maximalist, they're a lot more realistic and reasonable in the way that they use language to describe where they're at and what kind of limitations they have. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, I, I would say that probably the majority of maximalism is kind of like this quasi religious thing, but that's also just sort of the pleb masses who are led by various personalities without naming any particular names, but the, the developer side is, I think, significantly more reasonable.
7: Yeah.
12: Definitely I've had that experience. Yeah, but the question is, what are they going to do with it? I mean, both Monero and Bitcoin Cash and so on, we are trying, trying to uh, really become in cash and, and really doing things. When I look at Bitcoin, all I see is greed and, and that's about it. There ain't nothing else. I mean, the, I, I listened to the last time of B2C, they had, um, they had a meeting and stuff like that. I was at McDonald's you can buy hamburgers, and it was simply why would I want to use my, uh, better say to buy anything? I mean, what are they going to do with it? Trade fiat back and forth. What else is there? I think it comes from the Bitcoin standard kind of
11: philosophy that something has to become a store of value for a long, long term before it gets used as, you know, um, uh, money, um, and, and so that that kind of permeates the whole space. Uh I I don't necessarily agree with that view um at all. I think like something has to be a widely used commodity or at least represent a widely used commodity. Um and and I think that the problem is is and there's at least a few BTCers that have talked about this, uh the problem is is that number one you have to hinge everything on that philosophy. The other thing is is that over time, um you start running into these issues with the block subsidy and the happenings and um, like a high dependency on it and you're not taking transaction fees. And so how do you, how do you fix this? And, um, some people are kind of just toss it to to kick the can down the road method. And they're just like, well, we'll figure it out because you know, we're human beings, we're innovative and this is like the greatest thing that has ever happened to us. We're going to figure it out. And, you know, so far, I don't know that they've had any real solutions to that. I mean, lightning is certainly not the solution. Um, it may seem like it, but I don't think it is. I think, you know, that they have to have something else happening. Some people have suggested that emissions will eventually have to come, like inflating the supply. Like, I don't know how, how probabilistic that is, um, in the next 10 years, but it's might be get talked about at least.
2: I just want to quickly, uh, throw out there, uh, you know, Bitcoin cash people, how do we get you guys to participate in Monerotopia? Come down, have a stand, talk about cash fusion. Uh, totally down to have you guys come talk about Cash CashFusion.
6: Uh, I would say reach out to some of our guys that are traveling, like um, the Bitcoin Cash podcast, probably a great candidate for that. Um, we've got our guy, The Nudge, that's in the Philippines right now. I think he's going to go to Latin America soon. Um, I'd like to travel more, but I just got to get some funding for it. But I, I'd say reach out to the BCH podcast. Probably going to be a really great resource to, to make that happen. Word. Okay. Body, I think were you going to say something?
5: Oh, yeah, I was just going to,
7: you know, continue rambling on about lightning and, and Bitcoin and whatnot. It, yeah, it seems fee to me that light... Go ahead. No, I was just going to jump in about the fee thing, how, like, drive chains and even rollups on Bitcoin would really help. And even uh, atomic swaps, like, all these things would would help Bitcoin fee market. And the fact that the fee market only really manifests during bull markets is not a good sign. There's no sustained demand for block space and... Yeah, stuff like drive chain stuff that, you know, the maxis don't want to talk about and stuff like that are actually really important.
5: Honestly, if if they would just adopt dynamic blocks, I could probably be a supporter of Bitcoin again and I could be a supporter of Lightning Network. The only, the main, my main um, complaint about Lightning is that ultimately it's probably going to get flood and looted, uh, which is an attack that involves saturated main chain where you attack a whole bunch of different channels simultaneously, but there's not enough block space for them to contest the closure, the the like sort of false closure that you made against them. Um, So like eventually this will happen if they ever get significant Lightning adoption. But if they just adopted dynamic blocks, that would fix this problem. Um, So, yeah, I, I would like to see that. And or I would like to see Lightning Network developed and adopted inside of Bitcoin Cash Cause it's not a panacea, but it does help. Like there are aspects of it that do work and you can set up, um, you can set up networks of people like in between you and your friends. And you could hypothetically make this work somewhat. There are still problems, but it could at least work if they had dynamic blocks.
7: Yeah. Cause channels have a certain fee allocated to their closure. And as soon as fees go above that, you can't close the channel unless you. I think unless you just try and steal the funds and then I think that's what the flood enclosure attack is because the, the bottleneck is always on the base layer. So even if you have, you know, a million lightning channels, there, you, you can't settle and you can't have finality without the base chain. Hey, you know, I had
5: a question for, um, since we have both BSV and BCH guys, um, I'm not too familiar. What was, what was the fallout that happened there? Can anyone? Help me understand
6: what, what's going on i'm pretty new to bch um i didn't really get into it until like in a serious note about a year ago and it looks like meta just signed off otherwise like, he might be a better one to answer that question but i think the main contention is really do we go for big blocks or do we go for uh gigamegs, whatever the heck that is <laughs> and then there's also the whole like craig wright fake toshi thing i mean it, it's just like from my perspective, as somebody who wasn't there for the fallout, but sees the ramifications of it, uh, they just are making, in my opinion, unsound technical decisions that are based on just, just a narrative and not actual scaling. Like, what do you have to, it's not just a matter of bigger blocks. It's a matter of making sure that all of the software in the ecosystem can keep up with that. Um, it's also a matter of how do you come to consensus on these kind of things? And so now BCH has the, the chip process which is a consensus building process that that goes through very rigorous discussion and conversation that has to meet certain guidelines of, of how we discuss this. Like, do you actually have rationale and motivation for what you're bringing to the table? Um, have you actually considered alternate implementations or flaws in whatever you're bringing to the table? And unless you can actually build consensus through this process, the default answer to making changes in Bitcoin is no. So I think that's one of the main places that BCH and BSV differ. Um, and as we've been trying to do a little more outreach to the BSV community lately, because um, it's becoming, I think, more apparent to everybody that that these kind of things are, are flaws for them. Um, I, I think the best performing tweet that I've ever made yeah. was very recently where I was like, hey, if, if BSV people want to cross the bridge, that's fine. You just got to leave your baggage at the door. And I, th- I think we're tapping into something there because um, we, we're really trying to be, like I said earlier, laser focused on the peer-to-peer electronic cash mission. And BSV wants to be like this big data blockchain or something like that. So it, it's just a, a different paradigm. And, and I think that's where the split came from.
4: Uh, well, I actually talked to Craig Wright about that, and I remember him blaming it on uh, Bitmain that there was something to do with crooked mining or something. That 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 was his claim when we had him on the show that the reason why they split off for BSV was because of something that Bitmain did. Yeah,
5: I'm not so
6: familiar with that either.
5: Does that concern you guys all, the mining ecosystem? How basically one Chinese company owned the production for ASICs to like 80 or 90% of the market share, and now there's only two Chinese companies. Does the
4: centralization of supply, is that is that a problem in your mind that's what's happening to bitcoin right
6: now i mean i think that's the the free okay. market is doing its job right i mean if, if Bitmain is no longer the biggest supplier of asics i mean just off the top of my head we've got like what avalon and what's minor are also participating in the market so i mean i think that's just something that gets solved over time as more value is added to the network and and more participants enter the market Andrea.
2: What's going on? I just want to say, too, uh, with regards to Bonnie's question, I, I mean, I did interview Kurt last week. We'll be posting that soon. Kurt's a big BSV guy. We talked about a lot of these topics. I got to admit, I walked away feeling like I, I kind of understand BSV less in terms of what it's ultimately trying to be, what its value proposition is, uh, but I recommend people checking that out. I tried to be as open-minded and as accommodating as possible with Kurt. Um, but I do, you know, I pushed back only because I was trying to explore and kind of really understand where he was coming from and understand what BSV is. Andrea, go ahead.
9: Hey, what's up guys? Yeah, it's just kind of boring, like listening to the same bullshit, like libertarian this consensus that I just want a blockchain so I can mint like 10,000 fucking NFTs, airdrop them to my 100,000 fucking YouTubers. Uh, and I want to do it for like, 10 cents okay um i don't give a shit about this fucking anonymous money bullshit that i hear all the time but i don't want to do my I don't want to do my... We got go to go to SRP,
13: then, because they do NFTs. I, hold on. We, I, hold on. I'm hold sorry. Hold on. Let me,
9: yeah, let me do So, I don't want to do it on Solana, fucking VC bullshit. I don't want to do it on some fucking proof-of-stake bullshit. It needs to be on a proof-of-work coin that I know is going to be here for a long time that's going to stand the test of, like, the securities bullshit. Because some proof-of-work change, too, they're also, like, securities. So, we know BSV, BCH, BTC, they're, like the only long term uh viable options because of the way that Satoshi launched it. So I don't know. It's like his libertarian crap. I'm sick of hearing it. It's like put it where the sun don't shine. I just want to mint like fifty thousand NFTs for fucking a dollar fifty and be able to transfer all those uh for very cheap. Like I can't do that on Ethereum. I can't send Try, try NFTs Aspire. You know
4: what I'm saying? Aspire or near.
9: Why would I use I mean, pieces of shit.
4: You, you can do that on BCH. You,
6: you can do that as a, well, on mainnet, you'll be able to do that as of May when we roll okay. out our cash tokens upgrade.
9: Okay, that's interesting. Um, I, w- I used to be in BCH, obviously, before the split and all. Um, but, you know, the scaling thing is going to be, like, important. So if you guys can sort of compete with, uh, with scaling, you know, then that could be an interesting option. For- but anyway, that's all I wanted to say, you know, and I'm really excited to mint, like, gazillion nfts pretty soon so it'll probably cost me like 50 bucks to mint like a million and a half you know what i'm saying
8: and, wow and to
9: my- <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah, great bad. plan man. i mean go, go ahead and do it nobody nobody's telling you not to do that by the way i don't yeah. know why you're
2: so sick of i don't know why you're sick of hearing people talk about digital cash i mean just don't listen to them if you're not interested in that use case that you
9: yeah you bro, know. it's just all this ideology Narrow, Anonymous, Libertarian Values, New Hampshire. We get it. You know what I'm saying? But it's boring. You know what I'm saying? I want to use this shit. Anyway, that's all. Thank you for having me. We want to use it as digital
2: cash. You want to use it to mint the NFTs. Go for it, man.
9: Yeah. Make economic activity.
2: Right. Make economic. We also want to make economic activity by transferring digital cash to to purchase goods and services over the
13: Internet. Okay. Uh, Lip, go ahead, man. What's going on? All right, so I wanted to ask a question about, like, the fungibility, the block rewards, and the atomic swaps, like, more of that nature. And uh, it seems like three people uh was kind of very, had a good insight on that. So uh, I'm going to shoot away. So uh, what I wanted to know was, like, the fungibility and the block rewards and all this, right? So, so I'm asking, if it's a fork off of Monero, since Monero is fungibility by default, then example, I'll give you an example, like Haven right now. I'm noticing that they're having a lot of throughput and it could be, I'm not just going to say, oh, I'm making it throughput. but it's probably, exchanges. a lot of people making a lot of throughput. So the blocks right now are kind of taking a long time to confirm, but I'm assuming that it's, the blocks are always fungible because it's a fork from Monero. So that's what I was kind of curious about with using Monero technology. Like hypothetically, let's say somebody wants to make uh, asset that could do smart contracts and nfts and they wanted to build it separately but on the monero blockchain i want to i'm looking at all these projects and i want to see how they're using the monero technology and i'm trying to see like how the ups and the downs and the fungibility and etc so that's what i'm kind of asking
7: isn't that what wow narrow is isn't that like a monero fork it's all about nfts and just like funny names and so I got Say a coach about
13: that. So I I bought some Wild and Narrow on Trade Ogre and then I sent it to uh, the Cyberstack wallet. It's something that supports Wild and Narrow and it's it showed that I got it and then I checked the next day and then it's just the, the funds are not even there. So I, and then I was kind of upset because I kind of tried to buy the bottom and then I saw the funds hit my wallet but it's just, now when I hit the refresh on this Cyberstack wallet on iOS I just don't see the funds, so I that put a bad taste in my mouth with the technology on Wild Narrow. but I don't know that I just did the no. wrong wallet or did it not restore right. No,
7: so, it's not your own yeah. node, not your own wallet, you
13: know? Not your own if You're node, not using not your, your own node, wallet. you're
7: trusting someone else's node. Right. To talk right. to the network.
13: So then this is the question, when you trust somebody else, does it make your assets unfungible by default because you're trusting somebody else? Because don't it still get confirmed on the blockchain eventually?
9: So just be careful
5: The fungibility and privacy are two different things. Fungibility is the inability to distinguish transactions across the entire network, right? So it's kind of a a big, a big top level property. Whereas privacy is your individual ability to, to not be seen, to not, uh, right. To to not for someone to not know who you are. Um, So if you fork Monero Um, you should have some privacy, for sure, as long as you keep the protocol parameters intact. The problem you're going to run into is when you're going to try and hide in the crowd, when you're going to try and be anonymous, you need a bigger crowd, right? If you're in a room of 10 people or if you're out on the street with 10 people, you're going to be very identifiable. But if you're in a crowd of a million people, it's going to be really hard to find you. So that's one of the big problems that people and projects will have if they just try and fork Monero. Uh, but there are a lot of individual technologies that people are picking up and using in other chains. Now, I'm not very educated on um, Haven and Secret and uh, Darrow and all these different projects. The little bit that I have looked into some of them, I always see these small problems where it's like that's that's not quite right. Uh, for example, Darrow integrated bulletproofs into their chain before the audit was complete. Right. So whenever Monero does upgrades, we get independent third party audits on the math and the code. And we saw Darrow integrate that before that they got the, the official academic mathematical audit was complete. And so we thought, man, that's, that's not good practices, right? That's not best practices. Um, but nonetheless, there's plenty of um, technologies that Monero uses that other people are adopting. And I mean, honestly, it would be really cool to see some other chain that could even do like partially anonymous smart contracts because Monero has no scripting capability on top of the protocol. There, there are no scripts there. So there's really not any ability to do more advanced things. If we're lucky, we'll be able to do lightning network one day. Um, and there's a bunch of ideas on how we might do that. But ultimately Monero, you can't really build things on top of it like NFTs or smart contracts. Hopefully that answers your question.
13: Uh, what about like uh haven uh, i get example so how they do their block and then they do their vault so i guess what i'm saying is does can that impact their fungibility basically of how they transfer to i don't know how is it maybe two different ledgers that they do simultaneously and i don't know how they script it on the uh blockchain but what I'm saying is, can that be an issue for them, and can that make their assets like non-fungible?
5: Um, I don't really know much specifically about their protocol, so it would be hard to say. But okay, if they've okay. implemented, if they just in a general sense, if they've implemented um, technology or infrastructure or changed the protocol in such a way that your privacy individually is degraded. If everyone is having that same problem, like everyone using the chain, if everybody's privacy is degraded, then yes, your fungibility will also be degraded with that, so uh, yeah, you just have to be careful and and uh understand the nuts and bolts of their protocol and and you know if you can't find like find the smart guys like because I'm not a developer, I have to find the smart guys in Monero and ask them right okay. they they tell me what the what the deal is, so uh yeah, you got to find the developer level people in in that project and ask them. We were trying to get uh
2: Haven to participate in Monerotopia. They participated last year. Um,
13: so we're working on that. Well, I guess Monero is always the best bet on that one <laughs> for a store value. So I look at Monero like the, the Bitcoin that I'm okay with, I guess, but to everybody else's, you know, cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what Haven's
2: trying to do is theoretically very interesting. You know, create a uh, an algorithmic stablecoin that's that's based on Monero, that's that's private, but uh, it's yet to be proven that it's actually possible. Uh, but it's, yeah, so we're having some problems right about.
13: now about it. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off. No, I'm
2: just saying it's, it's, it's a topic worth exploring and, and talking about, I think.
13: Yeah, so if y'all want to just look into everything, I'll just tell y'all now. So right now, it's like a problem we having with the block rewards. In my opinion, is I feel like all the exchanges are buying like they have like USD basically, and I was like saying to them, well, I feel like y'all should expand all y'all different currencies, like even the Iraqi dinar, right? Right now, Trump said that uh, he said we have about I think thirty-five million of their money. So in that conversion, we have trillions of their money. So I'm like, all right, we'll put different things on y'all things. So it could bring people from different countries to want to get into it, and then I'm saying like I don't even know can their block handle all the throughput. So I was telling them, well, do the atomic swaps and build that into your wallet, and so it could be peer to peer. And I feel like you can't go wrong with that. But I, I have hopes for them. We'll see where it goes. And like I said, I, I I guess Monero is like probably like the biggest safe case. I told y'all how uh. Goldman Sachs invested over, I want to say, over millions of dollars to keep the blockchain that they use on it or the assets that they have on it for their customers so they can have privacy. So we already know with Monero that it has big adoption. So Monero is, I guess, like the safest thing I can say right now.
4: Thank you for
2: showing it, man, so I don't have to.
13: <laughs> um, that was, Guys. You know
2: this has been this has yeah. been great. Aon, you wanna you wanna mention say something and then I'm gonna probably close it
7: out. I was a big fan of Haven and what they were trying and then just learning more about stablecoin stuff and how they shut off the network and like turned off the um the swap so you can't swap and they were you know, advertising is decentralized and all this and so. But the whole thing with the stablecoin thing is they're pretty much acting like a central bank. Like they keep you know, there's, like, Haven 3.0 is out now because they have to keep changing the the issue and how things, you know, how the swaps happen from USD to, to XHV. And they're, they're acting as a central bank because there's no way to really make anything stable. It's not, it's not possible. And so you're just going to have them constantly tweaking the code to try and keep it until either the bottom falls out or it just, you know, ends up like Luna or something. So that's
13: why I told them. With this atomic swap, I'm like, you gotta make it like the oracle inside the thing. If it's P2P transactions, like, what Monero doing? P- Monero trying to make it where if all the exchanges go out, you could do P2P. Litecoin, Bitcoin, Cash, all that stuff PayPal owns. When, when, when they do all this regulation and stuff, they go try to say, alright, well, P2P transfers. They might even do it in banks where you could do wires with P2Ps. So like, all the, Cryptocurrencies, cryptocurrencies are going to be P2P. So that's why I was kept on trying to promote to them. If they want to make this decentralized ecosystem, they have to make it where people could trade it back to forth, back to forth, which is a DEX built on top. I told them they need to copy all the XRP, but do it in a decentralized way, so they won't have to engineer it. Basically, the people would engineer it. So we'll see how they do with that. I guess.
4: I uh, like anybody, I like uh, before you close out, man, if anybody wants to check out Z to Z private messaging, just hit me up and, and I'll, I'll give you a few coins and you can try the messaging within, within the wallet that Hush just put out. That it is tough. Uh, so they, they've done a lot like Monero. They're, they're big Monero fans. So they're, what they're doing is ZK Snarks and they, they use eight decoy outputs for each transaction so it's like having ring signatures on top of a zk of a zk coin and the project i have we just forked it off of hush which is dragon x dragon it's the first zk that doesn't use equihash we're, we're using random x so we re- rewrote the mining algorithm to be mineable with random X so you can mine it with CPU rather than ASICs.
8: Interesting. So, Interesting. It's a pretty cool project. There's,
4: there's, no, there's no pre-mine. There's no dev tags. There's no nothing. It's just volunteers working on it. Most of the, you know, the main developers are volunteers from Hush. My son mined the first, you know, the Genesis block. I don't even own a coin because I was on the road on my motorcycle, and I was never able to mine it because – you got to have, you know, thread rippers and all kinds of shit to get to be able to mine it. But well,
13: you did that right with the regulation. You you followed the blue book and you did that perfectly on mine. Yeah, twenty
4: one. Yeah, twenty one million coins. Exact same emission rate as Bitcoin. Only it's uh three coins every thirty six seconds, which you know is fifty coins in ten minutes. So the blocks, we made the blocks faster so that the messages can move faster. So it hushes, Hush's uh, block time. I think it's a hundred seconds or so we're, we're more than twice as fast as hush as far as the messaging will go, but so y'all developers, yeah. I
13: definitely followed you. I'll keep you in
4: touch. I'm like not, that. I'm not a developer. It was an idea, man. This, it started okay. as a joke down here in Anarchapoko. I was sick of hearing maximalist Bitcoin maximalists and even Monero maximalists. See, there are, you know, people that, yeah, there can't be any other, you know, privacy coin other than Monero, and that's that's not true. And you know, that goes against, yeah, just maximalism just bothers me. So I came up with this meme coin called Monero. and I was just rewarding people with this, with free tokens for making shit memes. It was just. A fucking joke, poking fun at at maximalism, and you know I just I don't I don't like coins that put other coins down. I I don't really get into that. And then one of the main developers of Hush, he goes, "Well, if you're going to keep that philosophy, then you need to change the name of Monero because you're insulting Monero." So I did, and we came up with Dragon X, which is uh, just kind of an homage to the the wallet, which is Silent Dragon and the fact that we're using X. nah you should have stuck with manuro man <laughs> well we're still i think yeah, it's pretty funny pretty-
13: <laughs>
4: manuro manuro is still a chain i i released it on aspire like i can fucking print uh nfts all day long every time somebody sent me an nft of a shit me i mean a, they they would send me a picture a meme on our social media i would send them an nft on manuro so it still exists. Yeah, it's, huge, on the, it's on the. I'm not uh, a huge file, fan so. of Wow, but Monero
5: I thought was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if we're gonna have a shitcoin, coin, meme coin uh, I feel like Monero was, was so like what's a significantly the better, better WoW? selection.
13: Uh, well, do you recommend any wallets for Wow? Because uh, I got some Wow in this wallet, but then I don't know did I use the right uh, verifier? What's the word? The node. I don't know did I run the right node or how that works. So. Am I is are the tokens in that wallet just gone or should I try to restore that wallet on a better wallet? Like, do you recommend any wallets since you know about Wow?
5: I don't. I don't use Wow. I just I use Cake Wallet and the regular Monero GUI. That's personally all I use. Although I hear Feather Wallets pretty good, but I don't know if they have Wow.
13: Okay. So how do you store Wow?
5: I don't. I don't have any wow well, He doesn't he good. doesn't
13: use it. Oh okay yeah, I I, just, like, I don't
5: really like training, it, honestly. Trade-over. It's I'm
13: not a fan of it. Guys I just bought I'll, some chump channel. That's all on trade over NFT.
2: Guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and close it out here. Sorry to cut you off, Lip. Uh greatly appreciate all your contributions today. Um Dragon X man, thanks for jumping on. That Dan who was who was also on the um you know, the live part of the of the show, the, the video feed. Um, Dan is going to be down at Anarcopoco He's helping to run Anarcopoco Dan do you want to give any uh, close out words with Regarding Anarcopoco Like where people can get tickets and stuff Monero is going to yep. be down there I, I don't think I'm going to make it Because I'm getting ankle surgery But we're going to have uh, Neil from our gratuitous project Down there and hopefully giving away Monero uh, As I mentioned before If there's anybody that's going to be down At Anarcopoco that is uh, really into Monero that's like wants to help out the project Reach out to me. I'll put you in touch with Neil. You could help him run the stand. He's going to be down there for like five days. It's going to be intense trying to onboard people to Monero. Uh, so please reach out if you want to help us do that. Uh, Dan, yeah. what do you
4: got?
9: Yeah, you yeah.
4: Uh, you get there. tickets at and You can save money if you use the coupon code CRYPTO10, C-R-Y-P-T-O-1-0. Uh, we've got a pretty good crypto lineup. Uh, I brought in a lot of uh a- Latin American speakers, you know, so we've got a lot of people representing Latin America. We've got a lot of privacy stuff. Uh, some guy wrote the Monero book. I, I, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, the Monerotopia guys are there. Stoics. Uh, Stoics in here right now. Uh, I don't, we, haven't okay. see, we haven't seen the book yet,
2: though, but he, he is. He, he's. Yeah, I think he's currently editing it.
4: Okay, yeah, so he, he's speaking. Um, You know, Raphael is, is speaking. I'm going to be speaking, but... Uh, More about, uh, the Mexican currency, uh, we're, there's a Mexican local currency that's been around for 12 years and we're helping them to go crypto. We're going to make them a smart chain. Uh, this is, so it's, it's pretty gangster stuff in that regard. Uh, there's somebody from Darrow that's going to come and talk. She's not like a developer or anything, but she's part of their community. There's a couple of guys from DarkFi. That may or may not be coming. I'm, I'm pretty sure they are, but I'm not, not positive on that one yet. Uh, so yeah, it, it's going to be pretty good. And then there's all the health and wealth, health and wellness stuff. And plus the, the stuff I'm doing with the orphanage. It's, yeah, it, it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> Actually, there's just so much stuff going on. The, the nightlife is going to be baller as fuck too. So
2: it's a good time. I was at Anarchapoco a few years ago. It's definitely a good time. It's it's a it's a very chill vibe. Everybody's open minded and just uh, you know talking about what whatever it is that floats their boat. You know, there there's, yeah. no, there's no censorship going on down there. It's very cool. Uh, and Dan, Dan, we're gonna see you over at Monerotopia too, right, in Mexico City. Yeah, May?
4: Awesome. yeah. Me and one of the other reps from uh, Anarquico are coming and uh, May. I'll try to see if we can get the, the, the guy who makes the, the, who created this Mexican currency that, that is a match to the peso. It's, it's a really good story. If you check it out, it's much like your last name, but it's T-U-M-I-N. You can look up the Mexican local currency called Tumen. It's a good, it's a really good story. Tumen coin. I may or may not be behind it. Um, it's, yeah, man, that, that, that would be it, awesome
2: to, uh, you know, well, it's get, a, get...
4: it's a, it's a competition with the peso, and it's lo- you know it's local, so <laughs> it's not backed by by war and theft. Awesome.
2: No, I, I you're a super creative guy. I love I love you know <laughs> I love what you're doing. You were telling me some of the other projects you're working on with the orphanage. Amazing yeah. stuff, man. And yeah, any anybody else you think that should be participating in Monero Topia? Let you know. Let me know. We're we're happy to uh try to make things work. Give people. Cool. Or, you know, let, let him speak. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and close this out. I put the link up top, com. You could grab tickets, um, come on down, you know, whatever whatever crypto suit, suits, you know, suits your fancy. Uh, if you're interested in the, just the general concept of digital cash. You should, you should come down and participate in Monerotopia. Just a bunch of open-minded people talking about the future of digital cash. Uh, Kalisti, you want, you want to say one last thing? I see you're raising your hand. I don't want to, I don't want to leave you, leave you hanging
10: there.
6: Yeah, I just, I just wanted to, uh, thank you for letting me come up and talk with you, Douglas. I've been actually looking forward to having a little chat with you. And, um, thanks for, uh, just talking about Monero, talking about BCH and, uh, letting us have this opportunity because, uh, <laughs> Over here in BCH World, we're really trying to focus on this is like the year of multi-coin collaboration, and we want to recognize everyone's strengths. Um, and I think community building is really awesome. So thank you so much for hosting this.
2: You got it, man. Thank you. And uh, maybe uh, we'll go on that BCH podcast you were talking about. Happy to do it if they, if they reach out. All right, guys. And good luck
13: with the surgery, uh, Doug. Uh, thanks for letting everybody speak. And it was uh, nice talking to you. God bless.
2: Thank you, Lip. You're, you're welcome any time. Um, and yeah, I hope, I hope, I hope the, uh, ankle thing works out. Knock on wood. Thanks everybody. We'll, we'll be in touch. Same time next week, 11 a.m. every Saturday. Next week, we, uh, will be celebrating Hal Finney's, uh, tweet where he said, uh, working on adding anonymity to, to Bitcoin. Uh, that will be the theme of next week's Monerotopia. Thank you so much guys. Have a good one. Cheers. Body. Thank you, man.
4: Thanks. See you guys later.
0: Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.